0: Hey, everybody. Chad Parsons here and wanted to share a bonus episode. Had a call that we were going to talk about a little bit about life, uh, about fantasy football, about dynasty, about how to run many teams uh, as a higher volume player. So wanted to share this call where didn't really know where it was going to lead. Ended up being about three hours long with a UTH super fan, Mike. Wanted to thank him so much for his valuable feedback uh, and just getting to know him. And this is really a pinnacle and cornerstone element of of how I run UTH in that I want to know everybody. Um, I want to be helpful. Um, I want to be able to provide value beyond you know a number and a customer ID of someone that goes to the site listens to the listens to the podcasts, both the, the weekly version, the premium shows, et cetera. And we really got to uh, go and dive into anything and everything, so I wanted to share this. I didn't want to keep it behind the paywall on the premium side. I thought this was a highly valuable conversation. It's a little divergent. We do talk about football. We talk about some other things, and it is long. So for those of you uh, who want extended conversations and to basically be a fly on the wall, This is absolutely for you. Uh, If you have a a road trip coming up, if you have uh, an extended commute, this is going to be right up your alley to help fill that time with uh, some entertainment. Um, But also, uh, again, I think we go into a bunch of different relevant subjects for you, the Dynasty owner and uh, the passionate fantasy football player. So thank you so much for listening, and any feedback would be great. Uh, and when, when things like this come along, I like to share when I can, whether it's premium shows or it's here on the weekly show as a bonus uh, for all the support that I've gotten over the years. 2011, so we're about at about uh, coming up on 10 years not missing a week of UTH weekly show. Thank you for listening. Thanks so much for your support, and to close the show here before we get started with the interview. Never settle. Refuse to be average and keep building those. dynasties.
1: I, I got the Tim Angel here and the uh, Chad Angel here.
0: Oh, and they're both angels? You're so nice. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought I knew where you were going. Were you got uh, the Tim Angel. Well... not. <laughs> <laughs> Chad's going to tell me to do something funky with best player available. My team's going to be all jacked up <laughs> through my draft because <laughs> he's just going to say, you can trade later. <laughs> you don't know my league. You can't trade. <laughs> Impossible. Can't make a trade.
1: I it's it's become a lot more difficult to be honest with you.
0: Oh, just trading in general, you think?
1: Yeah, I think so. I, okay. uh, I think, I don't know if it's a combination of people getting smarter or. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that's it. <laughs> or the trades are just so ridiculous. Okay, you mean the offers that so yes. people, so
0: people will not send an offer unless unless it is completely slanted in their direction.
1: What do you think? In my opinion, having multiple teams, I probably get six or seven offers per day, uh-huh. and I maybe get one that's even worth countering once okay. a week lately. So wait, once
0: a week? So that's like every yeah. thirty or forty trades you counter? About that right now, yeah. Well, I would say this. This time of year, I, I think that's going to change in season. I'll, I'll just say yep. that. Yeah. Um, because I find the rookie... Once you get past the rookie draft, and I would assume you're referencing the ones that, you know, odds are high that you're already past the rookie draft.
1: Except, I mean, the Masters Leagues that I'm in, uh, the rookie draft is actually coming up, right? the okay. 31st. And the rookie so pick centric
0: uh, offers are completely bonkers and not even yeah, worth
1: countering. Here, Here's a great example. Uh, you, I have the 1-3 pick in the draft. They'll offer the 1-11 uh, and the two-eleven.
0: Okay. Well, it also... I mean, I'm not super familiar. I mean, I know people that are in tons of Masters. I think you being yeah. one of them. Yep. But it's really shallow. Uh, I think you do have some redrafty people in there. And I, I do think that... Uh, you know, you have people that are maybe not as plugged in to the dynasty marketplace. Um, Probably, leagues, yeah. Because I, I know people that play them. And the reason is, it's like, well, the ROI is very, very good. So you kind of put up with, uh, you know, shallow rosters. I think you have kicker defense still. And, you know, there's you some do. stuff that you may not pick, you know, and the, the format is not super inspiring, but there's fish in there. So, so uh, you know, it, it's a push pull where I, I would have a sense that maybe you make a couple of trades that matter to you per year.
1: I am I'm, I have my teams honed to the point right now where yeah. they're all very competitive. Self-aware. and I only try to make moves that are gonna be uh, affecting that starting lineup for the yeah. most part.
0: That one big addition or something like yep. that where it's like, oh, who's uh, you know like maybe it was uh January or February or something like,
1: yeah, maybe I could squeeze
0: you know, McCaffrey or maybe I could, you know like what's the one one thing that I could kind of pull off that would really help me?
1: And I think McCaffrey is a great example because uh, the second he went down with an injury last year, I picked him up in probably six different leagues for something far less talented in a draft pick.
0: Yeah. And the other thing I was going to say is, so after, I mean, after rookie drafts, let's face it, until things start happening again, things are relatively static and people aren't reacting to change. And what, what I, I can't wait, I'm kind of learning to appreciate the different times of the year more as I get crazy old and decrepit is <laughs> um is after the rookie draft, especially June, July, I mean, not much changes. So therefore, people are, you know, it, it's not a bad thing, but people are stuck with where they were, right? As they were reacting to things with the NFL draft or the rookie draft. So until injuries start to happen and you're gonna get different valuations and you're going to get lineups that need to be supplemented and you're going to get flip players or spot starters appearing out of the blue or elevating. That's when things get interesting because people can't yep. have a crutch of some site that is just going to be like, well, this is the exact market for this player. No, it's going to vary wildly. And it's based on what you'll pay and what you'll, uh, what you'll sell for in every
1: single league. So yep. I'm really and I would say, forward to that. I would say as, uh, as my journey has progressed from where I started, I have learned that that is the uh, ultimate key to successful teams is watching and paying attention to right about now, because people have checked out after their draft, they're excited about their rookies, but they're not watching the training camp news and seeing who may be emerging. A uh, great example would be uh, Waller when, when he came out. I had picked him up and I, my strategy that I use a lot is to just make, I, I go for the same guy in a lot of places. And if I miss, I miss, it's kind of my churn spot. Yeah, and sometimes it, it yeah. sometimes it bites me because I'll I'll turn it too quickly, and then I'll watch that guy just become worth first round pick later.
0: You, you get it right, but you get it at the wrong time. Yep.
1: But there's other times with with players like Waller and stuff like yeah. that, and then the, and some of the Rams tight ends. I, have two, I
0: have two different I have two different uh, kind of mental mindsets I have, and it's based on position. So running back, I will be pretty quick with things mm-hmm. with those ancillary guys of chasing August depth charts. And I'm really good with parsing out and watching enough of the preseason games to be like, all right, this guy was actually out and being held out. So this other guy is not really the number two. We don't know that because he was playing because this other guy was out and let's face it, he's probably not the number two, but in another situation, you're like, oh, this guy's still playing. It's the end of the third quarter. And this other guy got some first team reps. I mm-hmm. think that's important. We didn't have that last year, but that, no. but then at the other positions, I think if you do pick somebody up and you kind of mentioned that with a Waller type situation that I think if you stream a spot like that at wide receiver or, or tight end, I think you have to go into that pickup and that roster change with more latitude of time. Like, because don't like basically don't make the pickup if like, so Darren Waller would be a good example of like, you kind of, if you picked him up in May or June, you kind of need to go all the way to the season all the way, because if you yep. don't, what was the point? I mean, you were hoping for a 100-yard game in the preseason or yeah, something, and, or nope. them to smack you over the yep. head and say, he's going to be the focal point of our offense. If it takes that, you probably don't want to pick him up. So it's like you have to be committed at least longer than the running back.
1: That, that's a great example. And and, and so it's what's a little bit tough to navigate with the, with the 20-man rosters that you get oh, right. Yeah. Because uh, with the strength of a lot of my teams, I don't have very many churn spots. And your weekly show that you guys do during the season with the running backs is is kind of where I tend to focus on that because they return the most value. If you hit on one of those, uh, you can almost always turn it for a, a high second or a first round pick in future drafts, which is really the goal.
0: Yeah, and you the basic thing is you have flexibility, whereas yep. if you quote-unquote hit on a wide receiver it's very possible that they were just, you know, they saw the second most targets that week for the team. And it wasn't, it wasn't anything that where it's like, Oh, well it's the wide receiver three for just to throw something. I mean, it's the wide receiver three for Tennessee. Like it's yeah. it's Josh Reynolds who went for 90 yards and, and yep. two touchdowns, but Julio Jones isn't out. AJ Brown isn't out. This whole offense right. isn't tilting towards him. So it's a very that's a tougher sell. A lot of people want to say that, oh, you can just, yeah, these wide receivers that you can that 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 vault up in value, you can just flip them and like no, like I, I really don't think. Like people think a little more level-headed with those positions. And to be fair, Every other team in the league compared to mine typically goes deeper at wide receiver. So they don't have a need. They don't have a true need. They're happier probably with some fringe wide receiver eight that I would sit there and be happy with my wide yep. receiver eight because I don't have one. So but running back, I mean, they just fall like dominoes and they need a warm body and they don't want to start. Let's just pick somebody. I mean, they don't want to start in week four Jerick McKinnon with with uh Edward Solaire still healthy. You know, I mean, like that is an absolute dart throw. You're going to get one or two points a lot, so you deserve everything you get if you actually make that lineup move. And then they start a wide receiver instead, so wide receiver yep. three for their team. But if McKinnon's the starter, game on, and that's when there were something, even if it's a small. We we saw it with uh, who's the guy? Uh, I think it was Wayne Gallman is a good example of that, where he has this little window, and you know that one starter, that two starts, and I, I think it was was it Freeman who went out at that time. With like a lingering, it was like a hamstring thing where it's like you don't know. It could be four weeks, could be six, could be the rest of the year. He, they could come back and re-injure it, and that's it. They're done. So, I, I, it you know those windows or uh, Chase uh, Chase Edmonds was the same way that you really mm-hmm. didn't have a sense of how long is this going to be. He ended up getting hurt too, but that's the other thing. It's always like <laughs> I, I love kind of sending off a time bomb where you're like. I don't think this guy projects as a long-term starter, like next year, or this is going to parlay him into something. And yep. it's like, so you you just hand him off, you get a free roster spot to pick, and you always just kind of sit there. It, it was kind of like uh, when uh, what was it? Uh, Damien Williams was the right answer, but everyone was like all over if he was out there. Spencer Ware, I think that was wasn't that the that, thing?
1: That's exactly right. I think did. you know the interesting thing about that, Chad, is that if you do, this is where I think. Uh, your service has been fantastic and it's helped me out tremendously because I don't, I don't have as much time as some people probably do to navigate through my now 40 teams that I'm looking at. So when I listen to your show, it, uh, it, it helps because I kind of focus in on and my my trick has been to not just go to the perceived next in line, kind of to your point that you're just making, but to grab both of the two. Yeah, in a high-level and, uh, situation, yeah, and then Especially. you've got it covered no matter what happens, and that worked out with James Robinson for me last year. I probably have James Robinson on twenty-five teams still. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, so yeah, selective, I selected YouTube show listing. <laughs> I moved. Yes, I moved him on some. Okay. I moved him on some, but uh, I I had picked Mike uh, um, the Atlanta starter, um, Mike Davis, also. Yeah. So. With COVID last year, it was so hard to navigate, not knowing who was going to play every week. And I had my teams in such a position that I was playing to, uh, to win a lot of championships last year. So I wasn't moving some of those players because that depth, when McCaffrey went down and so many others, I could throw Mike Davis and Robinson out almost every week. Cause they stayed healthy. Mm-hmm. And with the strength of the rest of my teams, it, 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 and I turned down some offers, but I was playing championship a little bit last year and it kind of accumulated in me getting to 24 championship games or uh, the week to the pre- championship game. So, so nice. um, I felt like uh, following the UTH way had built us uh, very similar teams. Right. So you look, if you look at my teams, you'll see the same players in very, very, very many of the lineups. Yeah, the Lights. back the back five yeah.
0: to eight players, you know, and that depth yeah. probably
1: looks they're, very they're similar
0: because you're making, and then that's why I f- always find it formalic. I talked to this other uh, subscriber who's in like mm-hmm. he's in hundreds. He's I swear he's drafting every day. Like he's uh, he, he's he's always talking about you know draft board through six rounds and all this stuff. Um, yeah. But but he talks about how I mean the, the waiver wire is just like quote unquote the worst because you go through and you can relate and I can relate. You know when you're in mm-hmm. a few dozen leagues that you're doing the same thing. You're like a little monkey on a machine because you're kind of looking, okay, I know what depth this is. And I know here's the three, four guys I'm kind of looking at this week. If they're available, um, you know, then I'm considering them. Do I have the roster spot? Is that something I should do? But you make that little two or three micro decisions in, in a lot of your leagues over and over again. But you just have to press the buttons is kind of how it works. It and, is, and, and that's sort of. I will say it's kind of interesting because each team is a new dynamic. Of, well, I have a little bit different player, you know, in terms of a, a drop decision. Maybe it's easy. Maybe I wish I had more players to pick up, but um, but but you also are, are kind of doing the same thing. Which I'm not. I still wonder, and that's why I always parallel it to. Like some people are surprised I answer my own email or something. And it's like, well, how would someone else answer the question? I really don't understand how I could have an assistant. It would take me how long to like quote unquote train them to basically be a replica. And then every day, like as a person, you evolve. So like they might give the answer I would give two years ago. So what is it? I'm gonna have to keep training them, quote unquote. It's just not worth the time. But I think about it if you were to guide someone to make your you know all Mike team Mike's team's lineup uh, not lineup but uh waiver wire moves if you're just like ah you know I'm out you know I'll I'll catch up on Saturday or Sunday set my lineup but I need someone else to do to do waivers how do you teach nuance how do you teach that that, uh, artistry that goes into clicking the ad drop and how much to bid and, 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 and those roster allocation sort of decisions. I, I think it's tough to make three, four five rules. And it's just like, and then you give them a list of names at the, at the yes. beginning of the week and go, okay, go, go at it.
1: It would be impossible. You, you, you would, it'd have to be a co-owner that you trusted implicitly to do whatever they, they thought was right. Otherwise I don't see how it would work. Yeah.
0: And that's a real... And that's the co-owner thing, which is... Inter- have you ever done one of those in terms of...
1: No. Okay.
0: It's a really interesting one. Obviously, I have connections. I actually have a two or three UTHers. Um, I have one guy that that really helped me get into uh, and helped me out with FFPC when I was first starting to play that format. Yep. But, but Katie, Tim, and Jordan, we all have teams. And it's a... I think it's almost a cool... Like I know people have home leagues where... At least for that part of the year, it's kind of like the show, you know. I mean, obviously they live local, but if you if you're spread out and you all get together for a draft, even if it's online or whatever, and then you stay in touch a little bit during the season, um, I think the co ownership really helps. Like, there's again the the subscriber that we do FFPC in a league. I mean, you know, we have a few phone calls a year because it's centric to parts of the calendar of that league, which is very fun, and we we end up texting, you know, almost every week of the season about you know waivers or lineups or trading or whatever it's a really cool way to kind of stay in touch but that man that selection process of is this a good fit for me my team you know and and kind of bringing someone into your world and you're going into theirs uh with a team is a a pretty interesting dynamic
1: also it's probably very helpful at the last minute lineup change stage especially during last year's covid infested season where you would get the Big star out with about three minutes to kick off and try to navigate forty teams and change those lineups around.
0: Yeah, and, and, and that's the other good thing, you know. If you have three or four of those, I probably have maybe five, six, seven that are co-owned. And and yeah, like if you get a little bit of a squeeze, all you do is text and be like, hey, can you handle waivers? This if you normally do it or you normally pop in and like set it and say, hey, you know, set the waivers, but go in and change whatever you want. And, and so sort of someone does a one and then another person can check it out or scrub it, but. Um, but yeah, having that, like if you're out for a week, it's kind of like DFS. Like if you just, it's a tough one for you and you cannot participate, then yeah, you have another one that can, uh, check that for you.
1: Yeah. You had a guy on not too long ago that, um, was similar. uh, many teams that was talking about that automated system. He had, yeah, that's the guy. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I like the sound of it to some extent, but I'm skeptical of yeah. giving it that much uh, freedom well, to. Uh, well, make, in the
0: whole, right? like, it sounds like you're going to get a lot of emails. Like, if you think you get a lot of MFL or whatever your platforms are, I mean, if you think you get a lot of emails mm-hmm. now, imagine the ones where it's trying to tell you, oh, yeah, we want you to start uh, Devonte Parker, Bench Mike Evans. And then you don't do it because you don't have the automatic thing on. And then the next day, it's telling you the same thing.
1: Right. Like, so now yeah. you're just managing emails and and emails are are a key to managing multiple teams. I think I have, a, you have, to have all of, that stuff on, yeah, yeah, I have a dedicated email to <laughs> those. and and I think the 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 key thing is to make sure you're receiving the emails for the ad drops each week. oh, yeah. And you would the the people chat that I have picked up over the I years. Know.
0: I tell people you've got to have those on. I know it's annoying, but yeah, exactly. that well, here's the thing. here's the the situation that I know when I miss something, here's when I miss it it's when someone drops somebody that it's during a lock period. And, or, or uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of these, it's like someone is dropped and it locks until the next waiver wire. Um, and, and what happens is you will forget if they, if they are dropped on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, that you need to remember on Tuesday or Wednesday when you're you setting do. waivers. So unless you go in and if you... like. I mean, every once in a while, I will do this, but typically you don't go into the complete free agent listings, you know, and then you sort by ownership. Yep. Maybe you look by position. You're looking at a, uh, you know, who performed well last week. You want to get all the information you can, but you may not remember so and so was dropped, and it might be a primary backup running back that is of interest or a backup it's quarterback. Even,
1: it's yeah, like I have picked up um, Alan Robinson from the yeah. Masters League. I picked up Devonte Adams in so many leagues. Remember his slow start, right? Oh yeah, people, two years. How quick they gave up on him. I mean, anyway, I didn't geez. have very many initial shares because he was too expensive, but he's my most owned player over all My leagues right now, and I think I got him for free in seventy percent of them.
0: Oh yeah, he was for a song. I remember there was that twenty-four month period where it's like, yep. is this guy ever going to get going? And he was just some ancillary watch. You know,
1: and receiver. there misses. You got your Kristen Michaels and your you know Carew's and people like that that. That were uh, highly sought after by, especially the uh, UTH way, and they don't always pan out. But man, the ones that do, yeah.
0: <laughs> fat just, tails, as Jordan likes to say, fat tails.
1: Well, I mean, they make your. I mean, like I say, I'm still sitting on, on a lot of them. Camara, right? I mean, they, and they they're make your team lineup. Yep, they're keys to the lineup. They just plug and play them every week.
0: But yeah, I and, think. Uh, but I think that window, though, when you see something come when when you see something interesting come across your text you have to i know it takes you know i've gotten it down to where you can click through like like my process is on mfl i mean you can just click on the player when you see yep. that they were dropped like right there it's linked through so it goes right to their page and yep. it's going to say locked but you can press you know add and just right there you set a $1 bid so that yep. when you go into set waivers 4 days later change it. they're yeah. at least there you may you may cancel it you know who knows things might change that you don't want to pick them up anymore but yeah, like the the worst feeling in the world is when you see a player picked up in your league and you're like, Why was I not even tracking this? Like where was I? Like I don't and, and then you'll go through your head, like, I don't even remember them being dropped. I do get the notifications, yep. but either I mean they must have slid through. It's almost like like I don't know what the like the kids call it what sliding into your DMs yeah. and I just kind of imagine this is like sort of sliding like if you were trying to put give a player without a trade. Like if if Mike and I were in a league and we were actually trying to collude and and Mike was like okay so I can't trade him player x but i want him to have them like you would want to in like at two in the morning you would want to drop this player and then chad sneakily picks him up three days later and no one knows he's even available that feels like the 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 reaction when you see someone else pick him up it's like yeah they got this guy for a dollar um i would have bid more (laughs) and i would have loved to know that they were available and you just totally missed the boat that is, and you frantically go a, to your other leagues, and you, you go. <laughs> Let me see if he's available in any of these, because I don't want this to happen again.
1: <laughs> well, which which they have like that great tool where you can search the player out, and his availability pops up. That is a yes. tremendous tool.
0: Yeah, I think they—they're actually um, not a plug. Um, But Football Guys is incorporating a lot more of the syncing stuff. Where if you search a player, and they already do this with like syncing leagues and stuff, but I thought Mm -hmm. it was pretty interesting that if you're just searching a player and you're like reading up on their game log or whatever, like on the right side now it shows all the leagues that I have imported, but it shows who you know what team he's on or if he's available or whatever but i think that functionality and that's what um that other show where they talked about the fantasy pros assistant or wizard or yes whatever that you know you're gonna have one screen and he kind of said there's a little bit of limitation it sounds like you can't actually like click through that exact screen like mfl if you search all my leagues yes you can click through and just add players right there it goes right to the add drop page which is helpful Um, but, but just having that sense of, all right, I'm in 40 leagues and he's available in nine. Now let me look at the nine. Is it a format where I could see picking him up? You kind of have a sense for your rosters or whatever. And then, and then you go through, but, but very quickly, you don't have to search in every league, which I think is the big roadblock for a lot of people that it's like, I'm in 12 leagues. Well, I have to go into every single one and see if he's available. Yeah. That's a slog. I I can totally see getting, uh, getting tired of doing that. Mm -hmm.
1: Over. Yeah. It does not, uh, help you manage time. Well, for sure.
0: What, uh, what what's one of the big uh, perks of the masters format? What percent of your, your uh, portfolio is masters?
1: I am. Let's see. I am probably slightly over 50% currently.
0: Is, is so, most of that existing in terms of it, it is. 2021 so, drafts?
1: Uh, nope. So I haven't done a new masters league in two, at least two, two years now, but I, I, I have got to the point where the teams are so competitive. I just don't want to drop them, even though I enjoy the Superflex format much more now. Um, So I found myself getting the safe leagues are kind of my new haven for for joining stuff. So I think we've had some communications on those in your you Helpful. sound like
0: you sound like me with uh like so masters leagues are are similar to some of the ones that I have from years ago where it's like the yep. format isn't really super exciting but you sit there and you you know you you look at the RLI over the past few years and you're like well this team is ready to go you know I draft mm-hmm. I maybe make a a couple of trades during the year and do waivers and you know I'm going to be right there you know I feel like I have a very good chance um perpetually here so it's kind of tough to give that up if you will yes um, I, only I get- generally only yeah. give up teams that are like, I had one that I dropped just because, and I kind of let them know. I mean, this is something that I, I gave it one more year in 2020, just because I just didn't like the attitude of the league and I didn't think it was a constructive environment. And just personally, I was like, well, I don't feel like I want to support that. Even though I liked my team, I liked the format. I was like, I'm in a lot of leagues. And you know what? This is the only one that is sort of, um, you know, it has like barbed wire around it in terms of you never know how group chat conversations are going to go or get testy about certain things. Like they disputed some trades. Like it just, I was like, this doesn't happen in any other league. So, I mean, it really are, is can condu- it really is the, centric to this group of owners.
1: When you talk about this disputing trades, so now we don't get, I don't ever get into that too often, but have you ever seen some situations that maybe have you shake your head and go, huh, this new guy just entered the league. Um, mm-hmm. And I've we I've just went through one of these in one of my leagues right now, and there was a trade made three firsts and C E H for the one one this year. All right. Uh, Well, that's unique. Yes, right.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I just yeah. I mean, that's pretty extreme. So so no, I haven't really seen that. I've seen some definite ones where I'd be like. Man, they they need a, a UTH masterclass in that like trading series I did because they <laughs> obviously like I, I can I can sense it that when people not very many people send offers around the league if you will and right. I'm actually impressed when I see when I see an offer that was sent to me and then like an hour later I see an accepted offer by a different team from that owner yep. that is like. You know they they sold the same player or whatever or they were trying to move back in the draft and they did it. Like I'm actually impressed. I actually sit there and golf clap whether or not like <laughs> I, I wanted to get that done because I'm like, you did it. You actually did it. It's like a kid with water wings in the pool where you're like <laughs> you're like, I'm so proud of you. You did something so small and yet so meaningful to your progression. Because I, I get the sense that people don't actually do that. I'm not I don't very know if it's a time thing, but they'd be like, "I want to trade back and I want to trade back exactly nine spots, so i'm going to send an offer to the the, the team with nine spots from now, and yeah, I think okay. a
1: lot of the, the
0: oh i want to, I want to buy one oh one well, I guess in your sense, if they wanted one oh one, then they have one team to deal with,
1: so uh, correct, yeah, I just it just was an interesting trade that came across and and the fact that People in the league didn't seem to raise their eyebrows about it. it made me wonder because I- wait,
0: wait, wait—you can tell too if the so the t- top team is the one that sent it, right? In the uh, listing,
1: well, they usually a have a, a pattern because well, it was I, a, one of them was a rookie team. It was a uh, t- somebody that picked up a uh, abandoned orphan, and it just it, seemed like such a strange trade. No, but uh, you
0: can normally tell like once you when you see a completed deal. I know on MFL, the yeah. order of what team is on top and on bottom is actually indicative of. Who? So who sent it and who accepted it? That oh. sequencing? Because I would be curious to
1: see... see that. If, if, like this learned me something that I had no clue about.
0: Yeah. yeah. And so just like you can see your... Um, I think it, that doesn't work. Uh, I don't think it works with your own deals. Obviously, you can go in and see the ones that you've proposed and mm-hmm. kind of fleece that out. But um, with the other ones, I would start paying attention to that because I always find it interesting because it may have been a situation where they wanted the 101 and they might have mm-hmm. offered... Over its layer and like a second, or and but it elevated all the way to like they knew they had them on the hook, and it's like, so they want the 101 and I'm just gonna ask for something egregious. And then the other person said yes because they were already like emotionally invested in getting the 101 or something, and they Could, just keep amping yeah. themselves up as the
1: negotiation goes. Sure. Like maybe they're uh, the brother of <laughs> they want or something, yeah, it was just crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, CEH was a one was the one one last year in a, in a lot of spaces.
0: Yeah, you say three firsts,
1: three firsts, with a new team. With yeah, yeah. So yeah, well, the new owners. Yeah, yeah. They take they get draft picks and and these you know they get they inherit everything that's there. So yeah, their own their own first this year, the first next year of theirs, and then they had acquired a first from another team that they put into it and Ceh.
0: I I know you're in uh, probably you know it sounds like you're in a lot more big box you know platform. Uh, management for leagues, but mm-hmm. you know, some personal leagues or whatever. What do you think about the concept of, you know, you have that tough to fill orphan team. Uh, I always think it's an interesting band of decisions for a commissioner or a league of, okay, we've tried, you know, for a little bit, if that's earlier in the off season or whatever, to fill this at full price and have yep. someone take it on. And usually that's not a problem. I will say 80 something, 90% of the time you, you're you kind of surprised sometimes that they actually fill, For full price, where you're like, yeah, that's a project, but plenty of people want to take on a project. Maybe they do. But but what do you think about a tough to fill? Like, is your first reaction, well, let's just discount it. Let's give it to them for half price this year, make them pay a deposit for the next year or completely free. Or I haven't really seen this too much, but what do you think about a horrid team? Does the league come together and say, All right, let's give them it's a 12-team league, let's add this year just proactively, let's add one thirteen. 213 kind of boost up their picks. They may have a first rounder, a third rounder, and that's it. Like, yeah, can I them with picks, and everyone kind of moved down one spot. I don't see that happening much. So, obviously, I must be in the the minority here.
1: Well, so you, so some of the leagues here, must be a lot different. So, I, a, uh, I think of my 40 teams, 39 are managed by um, MFL, and the leagues that I'm in have never had an orphan that has not sold. So they've never had a disbanded league. That's part of what they advertise. Safe leagues advertises that. And that's, I've been doing a lot of those and the master's leagues that I'm in, they sell every team. I don't know. I'm not sure how they do it, but I have been, since I've joined in 2015 and started doing this, I've never had a league fold. Yeah. So they have, they give them away. I'm sure they make them pretty entice of the master's leagues are pretty aggressive about sending up um, emails for orphans. And I, they'll waive the. I think they'll waive some fees, and then with the masters leagues, and I am in, you pay uh, one year ahead of time. So when you join, you've got you're always a, you're always the the league coming league season paid. Right. So they waive that for the orphan team. So you're getting a free year. So I think that's the enticement they use.
0: Yeah, I, I found the FFPC and the safe leagues like the the auction system or mm-hmm. the if you just kind of sit there and you monitor the teams, it's kind of interesting to see the ones that kind of last longer than others because there's this big wave, but it's become like one of these activities where I spend way too much time on it between like, uh, I think it's March is kind of the real key middle ground and April. There might still be a couple floating out there, but it's always interesting that you can get teams where you're like, yeah, this is a, you know, at worst, this is an average team in the league and yet I'm getting Mm -hmm. it for you know, like equivalency of like half price this year. And you're like, well, yeah. you know, I can, I basically kind of get a little bit of a freebie. Uh, it's certainly not a half price sort of optics, to, to the to the league so um but yeah like that that whole process like i was actually surprised i think it was uh, ffpc where you can actually it says right on there you know you can contact us if you have a an offer that's not listed or whatever and um i sent out one wave of that and they were like you know no thanks you know we'll we'll uh we'll keep looking for owners but uh thanks for contacting us just you know kind of a blow-off thing of like sure. yeah that, yeah that's too low <laughs> for like three or four leagues and then uh the the next one i sent like a couple weeks later and they were like uh, yeah, we're willing to accept all of those offers. You know, tell us what, tell us which ones you want. And I was like, "All right, what changed?" You know, this is sort of like that that bar of like, you know, it's ten o'clock. I'm gonna be super picky, and then eleven thirty, not as picky. One a.m., not picky at all. Like, I don't know. I've never been in that setting, but I can imagine like that might be the eroding standard mindset. Um, but, but they, they were, and then then I, I put it on myself and I was like, do I want them all? Like, do I, like, I I didn't think, I thought they might take one of them or something like that. I did like this equation of like, yeah, well it's a $500 league. I'll offer, you know, one forty nine or 99 or whatever. Uh, and with the deposit, I was like, I I feel like I'm good to go here. Uh, and it's a good investment, but.
1: (laughs) Do you pick those Chad based on kind of show ideas and rebuilding or more on challenge or is there. Like right I haven't I first. haven't
0: taken on that's one thing. Like I haven't I don't think I've taken on a true horrible like there's nothing there roster. Um I do think the concept like uh Ryan McDowell did that one where you go and uh, what was it called? Uh, was it not second chance? I can't remember what that there was some moniker to it, but basically like they're not a part of the draft <laughs> and i thought that was an interesting concept you go through the startup draft it's a 12 team yeah. league and like 11 teams are picking and then you basically fill your entire roster with the waiver wire oh jeez! and then <laughs> but but i think the thing is you get every first round pick the following year oh wow oh or it was uh i think they wait i think they call them vampire leagues too maybe that was redraft that was a different type of thing but it was basically like you work from the waiver wire, but if you ever be, when you beat a team, you can take any player you want. Like I think that was a redraft thing, um, but so I would be open. Like I think that's an interesting thought process of like you start your team. Just I would be more interested in that than taking over an orphan that is just a desert. Like I would rather just say, okay, we're in this draft, and uh, uh, you know, or I would say, mate, what if it was an idea where. I, I guess you'd be guaranteed to get the 1 on 1 but but yeah like say that my team is going to start with just the waiver wire and maybe you get the first year for free or something like you, you mm-hmm. do some sort of wrinkle but you say you're starting from absolutely nothing let's see when your team is decent and yeah. and, and, and imagine if you had 20 25 30 churn spots and yeah, I think if you don't make it that deep that would be the other thing if if you only made it like 25 man rosters and or what if you gave them Priority waiver every single week in year one. Like, see that would be interesting because I think by the end of the year you would be respectable.
1: Uh, for sure, yeah. I mean, you, you get one you,
0: player, one player sixteen times guaranteed, and you can still bid on others, but you guarantee and one player. Look
1: at, if you look at the the players that emerge every year, it's it's there's a lot of them.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, you think about, I mean, the fact that you get about 15 quarterbacks that end up starting for one reason or another. The Mike Davises of the world that, mm-hmm. I mean, man, if you, if you start like mid August and you say, all right, Chad, Mike, you you get to say one player, you know, at, uh, every, uh, you know, waivers run Wednesday and it's like, uh, you know, Wednesday at 8am or Tuesday night or whatever, you submit the name to the commission and the commission just says, all right, this guy, uh, Malcolm Brown, he's theirs. All right, now let's run waivers. If you just do that, I think you would get pretty good pretty fast. I think by I think by mid season you'd be beating people.
1: Yeah, well, I did. I have half of my teams at least are. Or I, I did experiment when I first started and I got interested. Um, I would uh, acquire orphan teams because I like that discount, right? So, like I said, yeah. the master leagues they give you that free your first year's free. So nice. I would look at the rosters and I would say which of these orphans that I'm looking at it has the most UTH players on it and a couple of draft picks that look good. Cause you get the draft picks that they've acquired and I get a free year. So it's basically, and you know, let's say a I'm hundred. leaning on a hundred dollar entry fee, right? It's a hundred dollars free. I get a free draft. I get the free agents that are picked up and, and whatever trades I can make. And then I'm looking for teams that have three time. or four of the core. Uh, I used to call it in my head, it was the UTH core. I'm looking for that. If I find that I'll take the team and, I, and like I say, now I'm at the point where if you uh, looked at all my teams that I have available, you'd be like, that's going to be tough to beat.
0: I think, and, yeah, I think that aspect of liberality to make trades, um, I've <laughs> taken one. I will say it's a fine line. like I've taken some before where it's like, oh, these have good assets you know, that, that I can turn those. I'm already thinking of the arbitrage settings of like, okay, well, they have this wide receiver and I can Mm -hmm. trade them for, you know, Amari Cooper plus or Mike Evans plus, or they have this running back. I should be able to get a haul for them. And I will say it's a little hit or miss. I mean, the good thing is when you come in new team, you probably have a dormant owner for some cross section of either last year, the off season where, other teams have not been able to explore trade possibilities with the players they're interested in. So generally, you can go in there, my favorite time is the first like 24 or 48 hours where you get in there, I can send a bunch of offers, do my normal thing, and everyone's going to be a lot more responsive than maybe another league when I've done that 10 times. And yeah, so, I, I agree. with you 100%. Yeah, so so I really and, like I really like that part of like it's all fresh. I know nobody, and I can just go in and kind of assess the player value landscape and try to get. And like you said, you're you're operating usually on a discount uh, it, to some degree. And year one is all all gravy to make my move and resculpt my team, get future picks, um, all those types of things. To because being competitive <laughs> is is just kind of a bonus.
1: As, yeah, and as to a point you made earlier, I don't think that there's very many um, owners that are very aggressive with the trades. I, I feel oftentimes that I'm the only one sending out multiple offers, yeah, um, you are. which I've learned, obviously, from your show. You, In fact, almost every week, if there's a certain player that is being targeted, I'll say, hmm, that make a nice fit to my team. I'll just go out. And it takes a little bit of time, but I've got 40 teams. I'm going to put in you know, an offer uh to owners, you know, 10, 11, 12 in each league for that player, and just see what happens. And most of them are turned down. But seems like uh, over the course of time, I pick one here up, one, one here it's a up, portfolio one here. game, yeah. It, and, and some people will accept the one that you think is the least likely to be accepted. Oh, that's you
0: know? that, my my favorite email to get is the one when, <laughs> I, when, you're, when you're on the clock. That's one of them. That sounds like a 90 pound dog. Sorry, that sounds like a big dog. <laughs> what's the what's the breed oh he's gone oh no hopefully the dog didn't go go to live on a farm
1: <laughs> he went from asleep to wide awake <laughs> wow that's yes. like a
0: squirrel all of a sudden yeah, he saw
1: something you you were saying that your favorite offers are to are well, to get well, our, the email
0: well yeah one of the best emails is when you send out actually no here's my favorite moment in dynasty overall Other than, you know, I guess a player that you drafted everywhere, you know, turning into a stud, if there's like a pinnacle moment of that. But the best moment for me is when I'm in there, I'm sending offers, I'm knee deep in it. Maybe I've gone through four, five, six teams and I've already, you know, sent nine, 10, 15 offers, whatever it is. And then the best one is you're sculpting a trade, you're clicking the buttons, you go down to the bottom to propose trade, and then you get this little uh, notification that says, you know, cannot send trade or the trade cannot be proposed as something something because you know uh, r- draft pick, blah, 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 or player X is no longer on team X's roster. And what does that mean? That means that one of the trades you already sent has been accepted. So you're not even finished by sending all the all the offers and one of them was accepted. Some people look at that as, Half empty, and they're like, well, that means I could have got more. It was accepted. It was snap accepted. Not everything has to be laborious. Not everything has to be a battle <laughs> to sell a player or move down or whatever it is. And, but then you, what I love is going into my email, and it's like, I don't know which one it is. Life is like a box of chocolates. Yeah, it's exciting. And the only, the only any one thing. of them. And honestly, the whole point of sending those offers is that you shouldn't have a super strong preference of, I really hope it's this one. No, I hope it's one of those 10.
1: Right. Anything Not you're beautiful. sending can be acceptable for you. Even even better, Chad. In my opinion, is you send the the offer, and then you get the you get the counter offer. Which you're like, oh, what's this going to be? And sometimes it's, it's better. a better Perfect. offer than the one you sent in yeah. your mind, right? And I and I feel a lot of that is um, the valuation by some people uh, versus the UTH thoughts versus like a lot of common thought out in the marketplace is vastly different. Um, and I yeah, don't think. Like- it,
0: that's like if you're trying to like oh I got 210, you know, and like you start sending offers of like for certain players that you think are around that zone and then you send it to maybe trade down, you maybe send it for future future considerations. And it's interesting because you might send four or five offers to the same team because they might have a certain pick that you're interested in or one or two players of interest. And it's always interesting because it might be that offer that you're like you're almost pausing sending it, but yet it's the one that they preferred of all of them. You're yeah. like like if that was me if I was if I was navigating myself in an offer. That's not the one I would take. And yet, if you didn't send it, if you didn't, and that's why this whole like people get offended with offers or offended that you know someone said something that wasn't too nice in one of their comments. Um, I mean, we, we we're just going to vary wildly and and good luck. Cause you're, it's kind of like cold calling. That's like, I can only imagine like if you did one of those speed dating things, like if you are truly yourself over those three minutes or five minutes or whatever it is of a conversation that you've never met this person before the odds of saying something that raises their eyebrows or uh, that they don't like, or they're like, yeah, I'm not, I'm rating him a two out of five and I'm not, I don't want to see him again. Like, the odds are decent because you have, you have no information. Like you're just sitting there. Mike's just sending a bunch of offers because I'm sorry, these people that are like, well, I'm in one league, and I know Joe and I know what he likes, and you know, I know how to send offers to him. And this is, oh, this is Don over here, and we've been we've been battling trade offers for years. Yeah, you have knowledge. but random, random team x in in one of your forty leagues, good luck. I mean, who's writing all that stuff And frankly, who's got the time? You just got to send offers based on what you think is market reasonable and what you prefer.
1: I agreed. Do you find, Chad, that um, what I've been seeing, and especially over the last two years, is I feel like there's an overvaluation of first and second year players going on to a massive extent. This, this, the last 12 months has been the worst. I find it's been
0: the worst. Yeah, well, the yeah. whole like joke that we used to have last season, which was like when someone had a a, a good game of the rookies, I would just say, "Oh, new wide receiver one," because that's what people were doing. Like it was Justin Jefferson, then we passed it around. It was T Higgins, then it was um, I don't know how many. There was a couple others that you sort of had this this buzz for a moment in time. Or but but yeah, I just there are so many. I, I I just remember like there used to be the overvaluation of quarterback and start one. That was a thing with that year where the, I think Stafford threw for 5,000 and Breeze threw for 5,000. You had four or five quarterbacks going in round one. It's like a home league touchdown only from 1996 going on. And then uh, it's kind of morphed all over the place. But yeah, I feel the new one is the I'm sure they will do it. They will be elite. Watch them have a top one, two, three season in the next 24 months. Wide receiver before they actually do it.
1: Well, if, you, if you're if you looking at startups right now, uh, and like I said, I've been doing a lot of the safe leagues now because I'm kind of liking that super flex complex, you know, adding that to it, deeper rosters, a little more fun. Um, and I am seeing players like Mike Evans, uh, Ari Cooper, too old, uh, Going in fifth, six rounds.
0: Oh yeah. Too inconsistent. You can't draft those guys. They're undraftable. Oh, is this the best ball? Uh,
1: no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm just I'm just kidding. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, uh, that's their thinking. They're too inconsistent. Oh, Beckham, ninth round. And I, I, I get that he's yeah. had his injury history and things <laughs> like that. But you're the the players gone above some of these players. Oh, I know. Complete projections. It's uh, who else? You've got. Um, you want We
0: can do a quick dramatic reading of the guys going ahead of Keenan Allen. That he's going to just pummel in scoring this
1: year. Yeah, Zeke Zeke is going behind every one of the top five back rookie backs from last year. Oh yeah, of course. In every draft that I've seen, and he's too old. He's twenty
0: six. He's, he's, he's done. It's don't, but, just don't even think about him. He doesn't so that, exist so until was, October. He will matter in October. So I guess that's
1: they, what got me to get more more leagues this year because I
0: did a, oh I, I, this this I did feels it. like the most fish in the barrel uh, drafting season. Like I I I just did I, I trade I have I waited the longest the current startup I'm doing I waited the longest I've ever waited to actually draft a player fourth round. <laughs> Fourth round, And I honestly feel like this might be my best result ever.
1: You were trading back for draft picks the whole time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I have, I have four firsts, four, four seconds next year. And there's some interesting wrinkles and stuff, but like, I mean, I got Michael Thomas in the fifth Keenan Allen in the fifth um, as like, and I mixed in a bunch of young guys, but when you get two guys like that, I mean, see, Corey Davis, I think Jordan said something that I'm not, I didn't really register at the time. I think he said something like, he has the most guaranteed money on any wide receiver contract. That can't be right. Is that he has, right? He said something of that ilk. And w- even if it's like remotely close, the point is no one's tracking Corey Davis. I got him in round eleven. Corey he Davis, was- the guy that might see 130 plus targets this year. And guess what? What if Zach Wilson is good? I don't know if he is, but what if he is? It's possible. So are they? else going to throw the ball to? Yeah. Well, yeah. My, and my point is, yeah. And, and people still want to draft I I wonder how close Denzel Mims went to Corey Davis, which is a laughable comparison there. But, um, but, but yeah, the point is if you just have your eyes open and say, who's produced, who is likely to produce. And I mean, Antonio Brown, for example, I think he's going to see 110, 120 plus targets this year. He's it's round 14. He's still available. Yeah. Yeah, Why yeah. is he like sixty something? Yeah. Are we serious with Green,
1: this? You can, you can basically pick up A.G. Green off the waiver wire. Yeah, he's everywhere. like a
0: fourth round pick. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, what if? I mean, he's. We're talking about one of the most productive players when you look at the last ten years, mm-hmm. in a in one sample
1: size, and so you can't just throw these guys away. It's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, and, and there was a lot of talent last year's draft. There's no question about it. But I mean, you're looking at, but they're not uh, all going to become like for Baltimore, who has proven time and time again that they're that they're going to run a committee, right? And how many how many times do you have to watch that team? And you're going to pick somebody for a rookie from them over Zeke Elliott or right. You know, it's well,
0: just... well, we kind of think about it differently when it's like there's two running backs and like, so Dobbins is worth X and then you've got Gus Edwards worth what a 10th yeah. of that price. And yet you, you're you like, well, the snaps are probably going to be like, you know, 60, 40, 55, 45. They just signed Edwards back like they they like him. Mm-hmm. They like him. And so all it takes is... I mean, so yes, if everything stays exactly like Dobbins is healthy and and Edwards is healthy. And and yes, I mean, the odds are really high that Dobbins is going to have the better year. But is it 10x? Is no. the odds that Dobbins doesn't mix, miss games 10x? No.
1: And you have to look at where it, what the cost is to, to get right. him. Right? Oh, so yeah, I think, yeah. Yeah. So I, I would say that if I examined my uh evolution in uh from the time i drafted my first team in 2015 or 2014 and and uh started off by picking a quarterback in a one quarterback league that's that's how green i was Hmm. yes aaron Rodgers was the first pick i ever made (laughs) hey that's (laughs) not
0: a bad pick if you're gonna take a one one
1: quarterback league (laughs) hey hey he's been there for you but uh what i have learned is to ignore the hype and your show has been very helpful for that especially with the teams that run committees because it's coaching versus players i mean let's we probably all agree dobbins is a tremendous talent and oh, yeah. in his situation he would be tremendous maybe the best one of the one of the top backs out there but in his current situation which does not look like it's going to change he just doesn't have the value that he's uh, given by the overall community in my opinion and i think looking for those edges Is what can separate you and your teams into the elite stratosphere by just if you you have if they have that person you trade them. If everybody else is looking for him at a certain spot in the draft, you draft somebody else, and somebody else slides down. Like we're talking, like Mike Evans, I have him so many spots, and nobody ever is interested in him. Alan Robinson sends you an offer. Alan Robinson is probably my four or five wide receiver on a majority of my teams. Yeah. Go in at any point in time, but I'll even use him. Like if I'm really trying to get up in a draft, I'll offer somebody to one five to go up to the one two and Allen Robinson, and they'll turn me down. And you'll be like, just yeah. he just doesn't have any value no. in general in in, in the uh, league, and and I think that's very short sighted by a lot of the owners, and and it's where some of the edge comes in, and I think a lot of that edge is is. Well, attention.
0: Wide receiver is kind. Of, it, wide receiver and quarterback are are really tied at the hip in the sense that mm-hmm. you get these big time leverage profiles of it's a. Those are tough positions, and when you actually prove that you can do it at the at the NFL level, be fantasy relevant, get all the way to being fantasy high level. I mean that, and by the time they do that, for a lot of these cases people start to age discount. And it's like but they just showed you that they're finally to the developmental level. And yeah, you have phenoms. I understand, you know, a guy like Justin Jefferson can come in and make things look easy. I get it, but that doesn't happen very often. And sure, you know, once a 23 24 year old like like quarterback for me is if you do it once like Justin Herbert, it's not like I'm sitting here drafting him because I think he's the oracle because let's see Let's like, I'm fine paying full fare. If in a couple of years you have to pay, you know, 101, 102 prices in a startup draft because he has another top, uh, you know, he, had, he has two more top 10 seasons. One, one was in the top three or four. I, I totally get it. Sure. Pay, pay the full fare because you are highly confident because you have enough data points that he is the guy. Like he is going to be around. He's going to be relevant. He's going to be an impact facilitator on his NFL and for your team. So I, I totally, but I'm fully, I'm fine waiting because the the number of false positives you get, like I was looking at these, uh, these wide receivers just while you were talking, like the fact mm-hmm. that Michael Thomas is fading. He was the num like four years running. He was a top eight guy with a number one finish to his profile. And now you want to, he, he was injured. Drew Brees was a shell of himself. And now you want to just, pretend like he doesn't exist. That may be the most baffling one of all of them. Four years doesn't matter one year because it was last year and he was playing through hurt. It kind of feels like, I mean, obviously he has a different profile when it happened, but Devonte Adams, right? Like he, that one year when I think Jordy Nelson was out and somebody else, but he was playing, everyone thought it was Devonte Adams breakout season. And He was struggling through an ankle and you're like, God, can he just be healthy? I think he's a monster. And he just mired through senseless targets and he wasn't getting a ton of targets. He was dropping balls because he was thinking about his ankle. And it's like, but Michael Thomas, like he was a shell of himself last year. And I mean, I think he's going to go right back to being like a top five to eight guy. He's going to get absolutely peppered.
1: He is probably a best buy right now
0: in fantasy. I don't know. Keenan Allen might be a very well, close to. He, dude. Dude might see 180 targets, 200 targets. I mean, undervalued too. Yeah. So, so these guys, like, it take it really takes a wide receiver getting all the way to like 27, 28, 29 years old, where you're like, ah, okay, the discount is here. I feel pretty good in the next, you know, two three year window, and you just you just keep reassessing. Obviously, a career altering injury could happen to a 23 year old just like it could a 30 year old. So you have to be but but I just think like I'm looking at some of these guys that are, are young, and I think about the projections that at some points in time have been put on them. That so we're now we're removed from that hype, the biggest hype peak zone. And yet, what do you have? Like they haven't built on the the promise that at one point they had. Like DJ Chark, he yeah. had a top twenty season, he had a monster breakout season, mm-hmm. and yet, do are people going into this year thinking that he's the next coming? Because I guarantee two years ago. Some people thought that he was going to be the next it guy. Terry McLaurin, he's one of the biggest ones for me. Yeah. I I just don't think he's a number one. I don't, he's gotten a good amount of targets. I get that, but he's not going to be a true alpha in the NFL. Yet he's been okay. He hasn't really, he's been good, but unless he's your wide receiver three, four, he's not really on like great teams as a wide receiver one or two for your dynasty.
1: And the interesting about him is he I mean, was a, a a very easy acquisition for me third based round. on Katie's uh, recommendation in, the, in his rookie year because you could get him for the you know the two thirteen you know the the two five two six range, and I had him on a bunch of teams and I moved him for one plus oh yeah everywhere, and a lot of those ones turned into one 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 two every day of the week.
0: Yeah. And uh, Cortland Sutton's another big one. I mean, look what has happened. He got injured one year and that was after again, an okay season. Yeah. It, it was the best season yet. It was like wide receiver 25 or something like that. And, but now what did they do? Oh, first round tight end first round wide receiver, second round wide receiver. Like they just keep adding like, and it's like, so what do you think's going to happen? Like Cortland Sutton, I, I have a strong suspicion. We're going to look back two, three years from now. And it's it's recency bias, but they're going to be like, yeah, I don't know. I don't think we were that high on Sutton. No, people were really high on Sutton. And it yes, just, it's, it's a cautionary tale. Is. It didn't work out at all. Debo Samuel, I think it's going to be the same way. Look, yeah. they they drafted over him. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you got to be careful with these types of profiles. Marquise Brown had a ton of buzz. And I think, what, one more year? And I, we're already seeing signs. I mean, they, they drafted a ton of wide receivers. to so try trying to fix it. And part of that is fixing Marquise Brown.
1: He's not going to be the guy. Sorry. Tough tough to take a wide receiver on Baltimore and have any confidence in that. Well,
0: it's a real conundrum for me because I really like Rashad Bateman. So uh, we'll see how this plays out. Um, But, yeah, you can't have – it's kind of like – what's that other – I mean, Denver's kind of the same way where you you can, you can like some of the pieces, but you're like, what are we doing at quarterback? What right. are we doing? And it makes it a tough sell. I was going through some football guys article uh, that I'm putting out this week that call, kind of talking through the equations, the probabilities of, you know, you, you got to have a, a pretty good quarterback. You want to have clarified target structure. But if you don't have those things, and I kind of pointed out uh, Cincinnati of everyone's projecting Joe Burr to be great. And with those three wide receivers, you kind of need to be great to facilitate like the Dallas, right? I mean, you feel pretty good about two or three guys in Dallas because of Dak Prescott. So if Burrow is just okay, I mean, where does that leave? People are projecting Jamar Chase to be like a top 20 guy this year. Really? I thought T Higgins was the wide receiver one in dynasty. I'm very confused. This is all tough to track. It's like a roller coaster ride. I thought T Higgins was great. Now you're saying that a guy that hasn't played Jamar Chase is great. Are they yeah. both great? Well, where's the great quarterback? They both can't be great if the quarterback is not great. I'm, I don't know. The, these synapses
1: are not connecting for me. I, I call it shiny new toy syndrome, and I think that yeah. is a uh, great exploitation uh, move in in rookie drafts, and that's why I, that's why I just can't quit <laughs> doing a few new startups every year because I avoid the shiny new toys. And I focus on the proven, like you can, you can actually build a team right now uh, in a startup draft where you can have probably Mike Evans, uh, Robinson, uh, Alan, Zeke. T- yeah. You can have all these guys, right? This is, and, and you've, and they're all picking the the last year's rookie, this year's rookie ahead of all these guys. And you look at your team at the end and you're like, I think I sent you a link to one of the drafts I did where I have my four running backs are, five top five running backs are just <laughs> yes yeah. i've ever seen and then i just ignored quarterback even though it's a super flex and i ended up with uh, uh atlanta's quarterback late you know super late 11th round or something like that for uh don't even get me started on quarterback yeah matt ryan apparently died matt ryan yeah, i mean he and he's solid oh exactly it so you know i'm i'm willing to go to the to the bank with those running backs and receivers yeah and just to give
0: one story i mean so the draft i'm in now i i avoided quarterback because they have this rule everyone knows it but some teams still took we had five quarterbacks go in the first round you can only keep one of your quarterbacks for two years so oh. all the incentive of the longevity factor and assurances of quarterback no you got to play redraft with quarterback sorry you do and it's like so i'm waiting i'm waiting i'm like a vulture in the wings i'm gonna wait and get like Winston, Ben Roethlisberger, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Because guess what, they are on equal footing to guys that have "quote unquote" job security and allegiance. Because you can't keep them anyway. So what's the what's the point of investing? Just play the every year you're going to have to play the conveyor belt uh, musical chairs game. So figuring out the format, like well, and and like you said, I mean, get the ugly profiles: Kirk Cousins, Matt Ryan. uh, Who was the other guy that was like? way down. The, I mean, Derek Carr. I mean, talk about a guy that has, you know, I mean, warts all over him that, that people just don't want to touch. You're, but you yet just, they, they've done something though. Like people want to gravitate towards Daniel Jones team instead team. or uh, Sam Darnold. Oh my God, Sam Darnold. I will never <laughs> hear the end of it. If he ends up being great, I will never hear the end of it, but you know what? I'm going to call that a bad beat. Yeah, I'm going right. to call that good process. And I just got beat and it happens sometimes because he uh, is I mean, not on any sort of track.
1: I bet you uh, you don't hit them all, but if you look at your track record, and I and I and I follow other people out there too, and the UTH hits way more often, and I'm sure you know that. Um, well, I think the funny part is I, I actually say that
0: subscribers and listeners do better than I do in my leagues, simply because they are in you know they're in a lot. I'm not going to say easier competition, but I think like if I go into a league, and yes, I you know try to quote unquote, hide my identity or whatever, at least do the startup draft. But eventually, I mean, people start finding out who I am or whatever. And so life becomes more difficult. It just becomes... It's just different. And... I, but i look at some of these other teams where like oh yeah like oh you you were getting kamara in at 107 all the time you know you're being aggressive it's like oh yeah i just got him at 12 you know my league they don't even they didn't really care about him i got him at 202 like i hear about these stories that oh yeah i'm in all these home leagues or um these different environments where the settings are just not I would say market neutral of like, you know, when we create a draft plan, you know, just wild stuff happens because of their, their unique environment. And so, so I, I'm always like a little bit like, man, remember those days where you could just, you know, you're in a white dress, you just go into your, your draft and like everything is, is just nice and easy and you can just make your picks. I remember that. Yeah. That year for me, was 2011. Like when I was going into drafts, it's like, this is so fun. And like, but, but now it's like, I, I got to grind and, and, but these subscribers, like, I feel like there's a, there's some built-in advantage because it's like, oh yeah, just, you know, Mike's in the league. And, and you can sort of just like hammer it, you know, in a different way that, yeah, that then people pick up on me
1: hammering it. If you will, <laughs> you lose that after a while, though, like a lot of my, oh, and they didn't know who I was mm. and I would make oh, trades no. that I would, yep. I would make trades that I ran through. That worked through out you. well. <laughs> you'd probably, oh yeah, do this, do this. And then I'd get laughed at by the league. They, You know, you get the posting. You've got the, where it's, it's got the, uh, <laughs> where they can make comments. And they'll say, oh, that's the worst trade I've ever seen. And time and time again, they panned out to be great trades. Okay. And turns out two years, three years in, now nobody will trade with me. Yeah.
0: It, so so what's, your, what's your pivot to that? Do you? Do you just say, well, I'm going to become in a self-enclosed ecosystem a little more? Or do you say, uh, hey, I'm a good team, so I can afford to make certain trades and quote-unquote overpay a little bit? Uh, that, is ex- with-
1: that is exactly it. So I feel like most of my teams have evolved to the point, I think I, we start to, touched on this a little bit earlier, where I'm a piece away here or there. I have really solid, and I'm just looking for just go get it. the fourth running back or the third you know, fourth receiver of, of number one from a team. And I will overpay. It's I'll bundle. Flex. I only have a 20 man league. For the most part, in a lot of my drafts, it's all about studs. The second and thirds, I, I trade them away. Cause I thought they're never going to make my team.
0: Yeah. They're meaningless. Yeah. 20 man roster. Um, yeah. I'm in uh yeah. FFPC is that way. You like, you have to look ahead and see the waiver wire and and literally like, you, you know, even though they're good players, you're like, yeah hey, I got 20 more players I would pick up if this was a 35 man roster, no problem. But you look at it and you're like brass tacks. I know that I can only have select injury away running backs. I, there's going to be ones out there. I have to leave the ones that are, I believe are the lowest upside ones, yeah. you know, or if someone's already dealing with an injury, you know, then that maybe is an exception just because there's maybe a higher probability that they get an opportunity, but you just got to keep. And that's, it's really been a good thing. The FFPC, but also the shallow safe leagues that are like 24 man roster that it's too shallow for my taste in terms of my enjoyment factor, but it's just a new thing. Like every week I like to go in there in season and I I'm flipping guys because I need to freaking pick up a kicker by Sunday and I don't want to do it, but it's part of the game and it tests my metal to, to make trades. I have a, 96 hour window to flip yep. one guy who is going to be the easiest to flip for a palatable price that is either a roster clogger can get me something decent, clear a roster spot. And I have to do that 10 times with one team and one, cause it's like every week.
1: Yeah. Interesting. So yeah, my 20, my 20 man masters rosters, all I'm looking to do right now for the most part is I want to pick up those starting to age veterans that just seemed to have lost all their value. Like we talked about Thomas Robinson. I'll take them all day. Um, another one, DeAndre Hopkins. You can pick him up for just almost nothing right now. Really? It's just incredible. So I'm my teams, you know, a lot of my, a lot of my wide receiving. So, wait, so
0: can you give me an example? So you just mentioned a few different names. Like, can you, yeah. can you think of one exact trade or are you talking about drafting?
1: Uh, no trades. Okay. So, so uh, give
0: me, do you remember a Hopkins trade? Just so I have some, yeah, so like...
1: like a Hopkins trade that you can do almost in every one of those masters leagues right now is if you have any one of the last two year, top 10 wide receivers on your squad, I, Juju was a great example. So you were, you got, you were very high in Juju and Juju came out. Yeah. I had him in 20 spots. So right last, I,
0: last year you could trade Juju
1: for Hopkins. Not, no, not last year, but that i it, prior to that you could trade Juju. last year would be uh let me think any uh who are the top young receivers out there that everybody was all over uh the guy from tampa bay everybody loves godwin off of the top five season so you could trade godwin Godwin for him i could trade in a heartbeat godwin the second would get you what
0: dj moore could you trade him for him or
1: yeah nobody dj moore is is Seems, I like DJ, but he doesn't seem, yeah, you could trade DJ, and get Hopkins. DJ and a one would probably get or even a two would get you Hopkins Holy for sure.
0: Holy smokes,
1: man. Yeah. So, I mean, that, it's just how quick they drop. It's just the shiny new toy. Doesn't Hopkins,
0: like- doesn't Hopkins strike you? Like, I'm trying to do a little bit better of like eyeballing, like every, every 29-year-old wide receiver is different. That some of them, you know, in sort of the Gronkowski mold of like a tight end where you go, yeah, like Jason Witten was playing more a style that's going to last. Gronkowski is playing a style that's not going to last. Gonzalez sort of transformed his game. But at wide receiver, you kind of look in like that big hulking, like physical beast is probably not going to last as long. I I know Terrell Owens did, but he was an absolute like aberration well, but like something. the to me the technicians like hopkins is already morphing his game he used to be a downfield 50 yeah. 50 guy now he's a possession guy and his hands are like larry Fitzgerald. like he's gonna last a while keenan oh, allen he's not he hasn't been getting by on 4-4 speed ever so no. what makes you think he's not going to figure it out and every year keep reiterating and improving himself in all
1: the other areas and, and that's another great example he's another guy you can get easily yeah Easily, I mean, people will throw him at you as like a as a add-in to some of the trades. Like, oh, well, how about yeah. how
0: about that idea that I, I, I talked to Jordan about it at, on some show? But like this idea that it's like there's certain players you mentioned a couple, but like like someone said I've been shopping Tyler Lockett for a year with no bites. What what world is this? I'm very confused. Like why? I, so I you know, so, there's, so there's no market. Why are you selling a guy yeah. that is actually lineup plug and play? Like that mm-hmm. doesn't make I understand if you' like I've been trying to sell Denzel MEMS for a year. Okay, I understand that sentence That sentence makes sense to me. You drafted him at 207 or whatever it is. you know even he, though he flashed, you tried to sell and you were not successful and now you're trying to buy you sell on the way down. I understand all of this. what I don't understand is so October last year you were trying to sell Tyler Lockett. How is he not in your lineup right So so you're telling me you were a non-contender. You had him. You still wanted to sell him. You were unsuccessful. You get to the offseason where you should be pointing towards being con, uh, competitive this year. You still want to sell Tyler Lockett. and You go, well, I can't even get a late first. Why were you trying to sell for 111? I'm, all con- I'm confused by all of this. He's attached to Russell Wilson. I think he saw more targets than DK Metcalf, who's valued wildly higher. Like, What are we doing here? He, he's definitely somebody you can start every week. You're playing like anti dynasty. Like, I don't, <laughs> it's don't. They're playing a different game. I think that's there's, the part of it. I think I'm getting too old, too. I'm getting too old for, for thinking shiny objects now.
1: Yeah. There, well, there's a lot of people out there that I think they just really enjoy the trade aspect of it. I mean, you've you've. I'm sure you've noticed in your leagues. There's somebody that's always every week. They they churn. Yeah, there's
0: usually one. There's usually one team that's always yeah. you know trying to be move and shaker and be that guy that like you know I'm active. So if you come to me, you know we can we can talk shop and yeah they like that. I think they, yeah they really should honestly they should play DFS because you're you're quote unquote making trades every
1: week. Right. For sure. Do
0: you remember Howard- those games? Do you do you remember? I don't I don't know. It might be a regional sort of thing, but they used to have these like season long uh, newspaper before the internet that used to have like uh, a newspaper contest. Yeah. It was, it was like you build it based on salary. You had to like, you got, five quote unquote trades or player swaps during the season or yeah, I did it but you like time. submitted it. It was like, I don't know, some big kind of, I never did it, but I always, always looked at it when I was a kid really hard of like, Oh, this is fun. You know, it's like built on salary cap. And, but it, it feels like that would be the type of game I've always, I've pitched to like a bunch of people. I'm not a tech person, but I'm sure someone could take this idea and run with it. Yep. What about like uh, this concept of like, it's a, a 24, seven, 365 dynasty, well, it's like a fantasy contest, I would call it, I guess, because it's built on a revolving stock market price structure. Like how DFS actually, changes weekly. They actually so you, have that. Ad. Oh, they do? Okay. Yeah, what,
1: so, so it's, it's in the DFS spot it, or, it, or in the in the uh, daily fantasy spot right now. They, they It's called marks uh, Marketplace or something like that. But you okay. can act and football players are in it. So that you might be interested in that because... If you can catch the early value on people, lineups, you purchase a stock of a player. No, it's not a lineup.
0: No, well, see, I'm talking about you're you're actually playing a league, but oh, you're buying. So, so, so you're, you're sort of like a. Buying, you don't necessarily have to have twelve twelve teams. You could have fifty teams. I don't know, but so like you could have everybody having a certain player, um, but it would be built on a salary structure where. You know, incoming uh, Najee Harris might be $26. He gets hurt. It goes down to $19. He has a big game. He's up to 37 You see what I'm saying? Like it would just, it would keep oscillating. And I feel... Didn't
1: Sporting News do something like that? Are you familiar with that, Chad? The no,
0: like I, I, I really haven't looked into this, but the concept though of like you keep your team forever, but it's just ongoing. You have $200 or $100 or whatever it is. And you might have two hundred and fifty dollars of equity you know on a hundred dollars over time, like and then you start you know when you when you drop a player, you know you would technically lose that equity, you know, or you know if you bought for thirty dollars, they're locked in at thirty dollars for the duration you own them, if they drop to fifteen, you can keep them, you can drop them if you find another player that's fifteen or ten or whatever you want to pick up somebody else like. But you're there's not really trading. You would just be trading with the marketplace
1: if that makes sure. sense. Yeah. No, yeah, it does. Yeah. But I think
0: that's but I think that, that that would be an interesting concept for these people that always like to trade and reassess and blah blah blah. Like I think that would be the perfect format between but it, it wouldn't be DFS. It's you're still setting a lineup in season. Every week, you know, the value you would obviously need some oracle, <laughs> some some big uh big yeah. beam, beam of light that is resetting the values and reacting to uh, trades or rumors or injuries or the draft or, or any of this type of stuff and always kind of looking ahead. Uh, but sort of that center point element of running this whole global universe. Um, yeah. But I don't know. Like, cause somebody, I actually, I think this started from somebody I had, I think it was the guy who, from uh, Europe that I had on. We were talking soccer a little bit, but he was talking about how, you know, playing fantasy over there. But he talked about this game and it was called The Divorce Maker because people got so involved with it. And it was the same sort of concept. It was this entire year long, you're always kind of building your franchise. It's almost like franchise mode for Madden, I guess, but it was just completely different. But people got so immersed in it that it just like crumbled their lives. And I don't, so I'm not like wishing ill on anybody, but I, I just think that that immersive quality of like always building your team versus the market would be an interesting dynamic to have a platform built around. That's a good, Yeah, I mean, if you could do it, you'd, I'd, you'd, you'd find people for sure. And yeah. not just redraft. Like I get the whole DFS thing, I get redraft. But if you go all the way to like, no, 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 January 7th, you own your team. No, uh, June 14th, you own your team. Like it's all the same.
1: There are some evolving leagues now that I'm seeing out there where you actually have to keep to the structure of a salary, like an actual NFL team where you have to be seen those. Yeah. Reality sports online. Is it, but isn't it um, contract seen, based? It's based on the
0: actual. Oh sal- uh, wait, um, actually, no, no, no. It's not Reality Sports Online because I think you still bid on on those those contracts that you are taking on. But yeah, I've seen the ones where they use. Um, they're usually private leagues on MFL. I haven't seen one one site that offers them per se. But yeah, you do uh, you do it.
1: You know, based on NFL constructs. Yeah, you have to stay within a salary concept. You have to put. They have to have contracts. The expiring does that interest
0: you? Does 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 Um, contract like to me? If I was, I will say, if I was in one league, then I'm fine. Get as geeky as you want. But if you're in any number of leagues and you had one of these leagues, like I'm still in, like there's like this expert serious XM league that's like fifty something roster spots, heavy IDP. Like it's fine. Like IDP isn't totally my thing. Um, I've I've learned to do well in IDP, but um, but if if i were to do one league and i wanted to get all of my jollies from that one league then yeah sure make it contract make it salary um put so many different wrinkles and things in it because i want it to be completely immersive with me and my friends but when you're in any meaningful number of leagues i ain't got time for that right i mean it's a divergence from what we're used to you kind of want a lot of parallels between your leagues even if the formats are different because you start adding contracts and salaries and all this, it changes your complete approach.
1: Yeah. In, in, interesting concept. Not for me either. I just I just noticed that I, I hear a lot of commercials for them. Now, you really want to do this? Here's what you can do. And I'm just like, yeah. I, yeah. It's a full-time job.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because really, and I hear people talk about it. It's like, oh, this is my favorite league. Yeah, it should be. It should be. The amount of time you have to put into that. I do think, you know, all of a sudden, I used to be in these auction keeper things. They were my my, my jam years ago that, you know, it would turn into, you know, the good teams. Maybe you keep out of 20, 20 something roster spots. Maybe you keep seven, eight, nine players. If you're really good, you got some, some, some values. And then other teams might scrap the whole thing. They might keep one guy. You don't have to keep anybody. Um, but that trading dynamic of like, okay, so you have a good player that's valued at $40 and you have a good player that's um, kept right now for $7. And that's sort of like, so what's the trade market like? you know like it's a very interesting dynamic of your it's not just how good the player is it's how good they are versus what cost um so that's a that's one wrinkle that doesn't go to, too far down the oh you have a dead cap number and you have three years remaining on this albatross contract and like, it doesn't go down that rabbit hole too far but you're still the whole concept of like you have a, a budget but then you can also have equity beyond that based on your values and that, that was know, the part I, that got me but those ended up going thing. defunct
1: deeper stuff i never did I've, i i you see know, i've been in a home league the same one since i was in high school so that's been uh 30 plus year uh league that has that still survived but it, the people in there you know we're scattered everywhere and people don't have as much time as they used to so when we kind of uh explored going into um Keeper or Dynasty, and nobody really wanted to get into it. And that's when I, that's kind of when my dynasty career started. I'm like, I think that would be fun to actually get to keep your team. And that's, that's where it started. Now, now I'm finding that the safe leagues that you were talking about a little bit are my new favorite little, little bigger rosters. They're 28 man rosters. And I really, you
0: must feel like you're operating in a limousine if you're used to 20 man rosters.
1: And and no kicker. (laughs) No kicker, no, you know, no defense, which I like. You know, Get rid of that. And the auctions are very enjoyable.
0: Oh, auctions these- are the best. I mean, I think the startups, too many people in general rush through them. Mm-hmm. I do think there's a fine line like this one. I, literally, we are doing less than a round a day, which is really slow. Yeah. Because especially if there's not a ton of trade, like if you have one trade per round, Or two trades per round that's pretty low volume like that's just people either i don't know like but we don't have a pick clock so that's the part that gets me is like if there's a reason to be slow like i send out a bunch of offers many times when i'm on the clock so -hmm. there's a reason there's a reason i'm not picking in 10 minutes i get that but uh but the auction if you can just you know breathe and say okay this is going to be two three weeks and yep. but you got stuff changing every day. To me, that it's just a lot of fun to kind of dive in. You're adjusting things. You're reassessing. You know, every couple times a day of like, you know, where's the values? Who's still available to be nominated? All this kind of stuff. I find that, and and the fact that no one can snipe you. You're not sitting there at four oh six being like, oh my guy makes it. There's none of that. It's like, oh, I just if I if I really want this this player, I just pay a few extra dollars. It's a Value decision I have to make because no one can actually take them from you.
1: Yeah, it's so interesting because it, you get in there and you see these undervalued people and you put a bid on there. And I think I just I sent you an email on this one time and you're all you, you look at it because you go to sleep and you're losing that eight hours and it's usually a sixteen hours clock that's ticking and you're like I can't let this player go for this price. So I'm just yeah. going to before I go to sleep yeah. and then you wake up and suddenly nobody outbids you. And you're like, how did this happen? Right. But
0: it's, Yeah. But- and sometimes it just stops, yeah. right? Like it might be fever pitch bidding up until a certain number. And it's somehow like a, a big roadblock that no one goes over, no one hurdles. And I always found like the, those ones that I used to do that were auction, I would um, you know, you play the time game. Like I would wait because I was like, okay, when do I want the clock to expire? Because mm-hmm. you figure some people might be going to bed. Like, so I would want them to expire at like three, four five in the morning, because I was like, if no one sees it, it's like, if no one's around in the forest, does it make a sound? Right. Because, oh, because if someone looks at eight o'clock, the mentality might be, oh, eight hours left. And, and, and so in that moment, they might've had to, you know, one minute that they looked at the auction and be like, you know, who's coming up for bid, but they might see eight hours and be like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll catch it later. I got to go, you know, give Jimmy a bath. And then they just forget about it. And all of a sudden it goes through and maybe they don't even think about it again, but trying to line up those uh,
1: expirations and some of those little micro tactics in auction is always fun. Yeah. I, I, I really enjoy them. I think they've become very interesting to me and, I, and that's where I've kind of learned where the value of the uh, veterans that we talked about earlier coming into play because they go cheap,
0: right? In auction, like the difference in getting a value in auction is leveraged a lot more than a draft. Yes, because all of a sudden you look back at your board or as you're tracking it, you're like, I got them for half price, and that's not to say that in a, a startup draft it's like, well, that's the equivalent of trading, you know, a second for two fourths because of the discount I received on the player. You know, that's the equivalent, and you would. Not mm-hmm. be able to get that trade done in a startup draft and yet in an auction, those types of valuation differences happen all the time,
1: yeah. Especially when people come and burn all their money early. Oh, isn't that the best? On the when, you,
0: when you know they are, compl- it's kind of like you see it more in auction because people just can light their money on fire. It's the kind of, the, I guess, it would be the equivalent to the kid that you know, when you get five dollars, you just go and you buy baseball cards and bubble gum and a, a toy, and it's like. Well, you're done, or you know, you get your Christmas money, and the Christmas money is gone by December 27th. It's like, but but when someone just walks into the auction and just, yeah, I, I mean, they spend, they get three studs, and you're like, you have to start 11. Are you familiar with the? I don't know if you're tracking this. I know you're. You have McCaffrey, Barkley, and Mahomes. I'm really proud of you, but <laughs> I, I don't know if you know how this story goes. Oh yeah, you just work the waiver wire. You know, I'm working the waiver wire too. It's not you versus versus nobody. You've got, you've got all of us that are... That's the whole thing about the the waiver wire that I find funny is people are like, yeah, I'll just address it. You will? We all have the same amount of money in a
1: lot of these. Yeah, like, I, and not in the auction. So in those auctions, your, your uh, first year's uh, waiver wire dollars are built into your salary. See, that's your-
0: fascinating. I, I hear more questions about that like this past uh, one to two years than ever... Mm-hmm. I then the the rest of the time combined i think it's a really interesting i have somebody that's starting one of these that i was like so how much you know of the budget when i build your your auction board should i leave out and he was like you would be shocked at how many people leave almost no money or no money for the waiver wire 95%
1: because,
0: Yeah, 95% yeah that's what he said he's like he say at least the half the league is going to have zero he's like yeah maybe you leave out like this and i think it was a uh, $1000 per team and That's he was exactly like, it. he was like, he was like, leave out $150 total. I was like, I was like per team or for the league. And he was like, cause I just want to make sure I have it right. Cause I don't mm-hmm. like to make the board and have to go adjust it later. And he was like, he was like, no, no, no. For the league. I was like, that includes you. So can you bid zero? I'm very confused. Like what happens if you leave zero, you, can, yeah, you just you bid can't. zero. You have no tiebreakers over anybody you ever. Can, yeah. Yes. And you can, it, and it's not like a 35 man roster. Like there's viable waiver wire stuff going on. Yes, 28, I think. What the heck is going on? Superflex? Yep. What is this madness? Like I would be not that the waiver wire is like the end all be all, but I think yeah. you got to leave some latitude. Like
1: it's, it's, a, and you can also trade for uh, bidding dollars,
0: but from other teams.
1: Yes. It doesn't come out of, you can't trade with the bank and Monopoly. Like no, this is, no, but, but I mean, so a, a first round pick. Tends to go for around 75 to 125 bidding dollars in the, the auction, 15. in the startup. So it's very interesting. When you join one of those, you'll start getting peppered with offers and, and they're, they're hoping that you don't know what you're doing. So you'll get these uh, $50 <laughs> in blind bidding for, for a 2022 first. Wow. Yep. That's worse than giving it away in a regular draft. Oh, it's so interesting, though. Well, it, well what I,
0: my favorite thing in an auction, in addition to the people that just blow it early, and you know, like a live auction is the best because they can screw themselves in 15 minutes. It takes <laughs> longer in the slow ones, but yeah. it is when you get to the point of someone auto correcting partway through the auction where they go, oh, like they actually trade their player for less than what they bought because they realize they screwed themselves like they actually they 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 veer off to the right part way through the auction because they're like I don't have enough to really create a viable team mm-hmm. um or or I'm going to have no uh, waiver budget so I have to trade this guy that I you know got for 70 bucks I got to trade him for 30 so that I have you know blind bidding left or you know like whatever it is when you see a move like that or a team that like oh I shouldn't have valued quarterback so highly but I did so let me Sell for a discount and autocorrect. I, I I do say kudos for at least realizing it, not just sitting there in your own feces. But right. like you gotta, I mean, the fact that I just I tell people all the time, and it sounds I know we're operating in a different a different universe of like how we typically like we if we join a draft like if Mike joins a draft, I'm sure you don't sit there and be like. Yeah, I guess it starts on Friday or something and then like you don't even think about it and then you get on the clock with your first round pick and you're like, oh yeah, that draft. And then you just sort of go in there and see the available player list and you just pick a player. Like, I don't think most of UTH functions that way when they join a league because you view it as this is the most critical. If I navigate the first, I mean, sometimes making that first round, first trade down is the most important part mm -hmm. to set the market and stuff. But it's like that two weeks or one week or whatever the time period is, that's it. That's the most important time that you really have to dial in on this one league and give it your focus uh, about every single move. And then, I mean, you said it before, you have so many teams that are on autopilot. Part of it starts with the draft and just being plugged in because uh, you know part of the league isn't going to be plugged in.
1: For sure. And, and the interesting thing about why it kind of evolved into these safe leagues and stuff like that is because the master leagues don't allow any trading of draft picks. So there is no is uh, no startup draft trading and no uh, trading draft. of draft picks once the draft has started. The, you know the-, the hell? That
0: reminds me of a home league. Have you heard about some of these home leagues where it's like, yeah, yeah, the draft's at five o'clock on Sunday, but you'll hear about people that have to make all the trades before then because now you're in the same room and it's not like me and Joe are going to go off in the corner and talk shop about the 107. Like, yeah. that, that's wild to me. So you, you've you been in those leagues. Yes. yeah, I, yeah. So what do I you still- do with rookie drafts? You You truly have to be like, okay, where do I want to be on the board? But it's a lot of speculation because you can't trade you up or down.
1: All your, all your trades prior to the draft starting.
0: Wow. And what's the logic? Have you ever heard the logic behind that? Has someone oh, no. put a premise together? on?
1: I don't, I, I don't know if it's just having a, a commissioner manage it. That would be the so, issue. Oh, do they approve trades? Is that how yeah, it... Okay. They do.
0: So, so the timing of we don't want to have to stop the draft to... Guess. Oh, yeah. oh, 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 you know, we oh, don't want to put the enough, holy water on every deal and st- stall it for an hour. Yeah.
1: So I did join one of these same ones and it's got the same rules, but the, the group that I was with had a workaround. So we, <laughs> there, there, there was a message board, right? Utilize a message board yeah. and you would make trades. And, and then, then you make, and then you trade afterwards. You have to do all of them afterwards. Ah
0: uh-huh, ha! So, look at that. So so Uber if you want to trade from nine to seven, it's like yep. it's like uh yeah. So Joe trades with Mike, and he gave yep. he gave the two ten, and uh, wink wink, we're gonna make this trade. So you just
1: document no, it
0: on your own accord.
1: It all had to be documented in the in the message board. Yeah, so, so everyone to, can see it. It's, it's you have for to a player for the other person.
0: Uh, ha! ha. Uh, <laughs> uh, sneaky sneaky, and the commissioner never like that. So that's above like. Well, it's not about board, but it, yep. there's never been an issue with that of like, oh yeah, no, no, no. Like commissioner comes in and be like, what is this?
1: <laughs> no, that was the only time it ever happened. I didn't even know that that was an option until somebody brought it up. and Everybody was like, yeah, that sounds great. So then they did it. And that one also, it was even more complicated because it, that was one that started that you couldn't uh, draft rookies until later. It was a second draft for rookies. Is you know, one thing that since,
0: you know, you, you plan a bunch of leagues, I would be curious if you've ever done this or encountered this conditional trades. Nope. Not one. No. Nope. Okay. I was proud of myself. I've actually done two and I, it's funny how many people furrow their brow when they see in the comments about how I put stipulations on the trade and I don't know why there isn't more of this. NFL teams does conditionals all the time. You yeah. know, if it's a 7th that could turn to a 6th or like I, I think it opens up a world. Now I know it takes more thought process than clicking player for pick buttons and then clicking submit, but like let's face it. I mean, if you're buying a bridge player, right? I mean, wouldn't you love like let's say you get to week 12 and you trade with somebody and it's like you're tr- you trade for Julio Jones. AJ Brown's out, Julio Jones is a monster. What if you made a trade though where you're like all right, I will trade you my first round pick for Julio Jones. Or actually, yeah, let's construct it this way. I will I will give you my second for Julio Jones. If I win the title, it becomes a first. Doesn't everybody win in that? Yeah. So that's saying... So even if Julio Jones gets hurt, you're not... But, but it's strictly based on performance. Ba- meaning, if you win your league, I'm sure you would give up 112 for Julio Jones. That... Like whether or not Julio Jones scored 50 in week 17 or whatever and won your league, but you won the league, give up your first round pick, you won the league. So let's just take that and run with it. And then the other thing would be okay, I didn't win the league, I added Julio Jones. Eh, you know, this year was centric, a big part of the reason why I wanted to add him. So I'm giving you a second. But those sort of things, like you know, if you don't feel good about a player, or like, oh, I I was trading for uh, Mike Davis, you know, in week five or whatever it was last year, where you say, um, I actually had one. Uh, what was it? It was some running back. Where I'm trying to think, I can't remember what the depth chart was, but I traded a, a tight end and the running back. But I basically had a stipulation in there that the second becomes a first. I traded both of these things for a second, and I said. It it becomes a first if this running back gets you know oh is uh, Boston Scott Boston Scott and some tight end and it was like if Miles Sanders misses at least two games this year, then that or this other stipulation the second becomes a first, and it occurred so the second became a first, but like these sort of yeah. like yeah so I, I just don't think a lot of people are receptive to those things even though that's what we're doing in trading we're we're kind of speculating on. What's going to happen? But yet, you—if you knew certain outcomes, like if—if—if—if if, if, if you were to make a trade for Jalen Hurts or something that, oh mm-hmm. well, if he finishes a, as a top three fantasy quarterback, I mean, you'd pay more for that, right? Than if he loses his job or finishes at QB fifteen or whatever.
1: I, I think that I think it really comes down to that same same issue of uh, commissioner management of all that stuff.
0: I gotcha, but but like you said, uh, well, for what I did was it would just went to the comments of the trade yeah. that was accepted, but then I just created a message board thread that said conditional trades, yeah, and I no. just and I just copy pasted what the deal was, and you know you the the one the one wrinkle that I would say is is a little bit dicey is that obviously if it's a third conditional maybe it's a second type stuff, so that second round pick like let's say the team has multiple of them. Or let's say the team, like that means you can't trade a second until you know that it's not going to get bumped. You you would have to hold on to that whatever's right. pending. Yes, it's by the end of the year or whatever. Yeah, like you even you could even say you know like I'm giving you a first for Aaron Rodgers. You know it's like but if he retires before you know the start of the 22 season, it bumps back down to a second. Like you can yeah. make conditions like that or Ben Roethlisberger or whoever you wanted to say. Sure.
1: Yeah, it makes a lot of sense.
0: Chad, yeah, ask. I've only I've only executed a few of those. And I will say it is pretty it is pretty like tedious to copy paste and then you're putting in the next comment because you're sending it to someone else's deal, especially with like flip running backs. But what? it's an interesting idea. You know, you trade for Wayne Gallman or whatever it is, and it's like you know, you they, they should pay more if you get, you know, eight yeah. weeks of
1: starts as opposed to they right. get hurt and the next day. Yes. Yeah, I like it. It's a great idea. What do you think, um, as you've progressed as an owner in multiple leagues, were your leaks that you were able to discover and plug as an owner? I think that's an interesting thing to talk about because I know for me, um, when I look at the evolution, trading away number one picks is the biggest leak I've plugged, is that, that, that gratitude of trying to win now all the time without looking at the big picture.
0: Well, I think, I think trading away the picks in C, I will say what you're doing with the picks. I will say generally when I started tracking, so yeah, that's one thing over the years of not trading to fill a weakness per se, the scrambling to, I need a guy in my lineup kind of feel. I used to do that uh way more. Yeah. I do it zero times now, pretty much, yeah. um, but yeah, like the whole concept of I do better when I get picks and I don't get picks. I mean, it sounds simplistic, but when you start actually putting into practice and saying these are going to be my mantras, like that's just going to be the way things roll. I will say like, I'm definitely been the last couple of years. I've been more open to the whole idea of like, you know, this year I traded some, you know, late firsts or seconds or whatever for veterans, mm-hmm. because, you know, yeah. I mean, Robert Woods versus 111, what side do you think wins that if you play out the next three years a hundred times. Right. It's the Robert Woods side a lot. It doesn't mean that you can't, you know, roll, roll lucky seven and, and get some, you know, I mean, maybe Rashad Bateman is great and he's a top 25 dynasty asset and, you know, Woods didn't have one really good year of that zone. And, but so you could lose that, but, you know, getting Keenan Allen for, for the price of Jalen Waddle, you know, I think, you know, you can love Jalen Waddle, but I think that's getting super cutesy. Um, so being open to that, um, yeah. I would say the other thing would be matching. And I I think I mentioned this on shows five times a year minimum, but the whole idea of matching your mentality and your ownership style and your patience level that you want to have maybe with mm-hmm. how you manage the waiver wire. Yeah. So knowing, wow. knowing if you're going to be shiny object and all over the place, which is fine. But yep. you need to manage your the entire back end of your team in that way, or are you going to be super Jeff Janus patient? Because if you are, then you need to restructure your team and, and mindset a different way. Because there's no point in drafting, you know, some slow progressing wide receiver in round three or four of your rookie draft if yep. you're going to get shiny object syndrome in training camp and just drop them anyway.
1: So, yep, you're, you're right. That's a good, so just, that's a good... just
0: aligning your approach. I've lost your spots.:
1: I think I progressed to the point where I agree 100 percent with what you just said. Uh, I will only really trade first rounders if they're very late, and it, that can still backfire too. Now two years ago, oh, yeah. um, a great example is I picked up a ton of uh, uh, the Rams, Rams running back um, that got hurt. He's they're now on it. Down. Trey Mason. Girlie? No, no, no. <laughs> I don't know how oh, far no, back we're going. Oh, former 1-1. Um, Not Gurley? Yes, Gurley. Okay. I mean, get, you get old, you forget stuff, yeah. Chad. But I, there, was a, Eric there, was Dickerson? <laughs> there was an owner that plays in a lot of leagues like me that had a lot of Gurley, shopped him a lot. Now, this is when he was still on the Rams, right, his last season with the Rams. Yeah. And I probably picked him up 8 Eight times for a one eleven <laughs> or one twelve, right? Because that's that was the pick, and I thought I got a steal. Uh, I think we all know how that worked out. <laughs>
0: yeah. Hey, at least last season he was still usable. I mean, to yeah, fair, but, but, he, I know, but nothing, but nothing like a first round
1: valuation, right? But, you, but my my point being that I think when you examine in retrospect afterwards, almost never those trades that you give away that one. Very rarely Well, workout.
0: I'm also looking, I'm also, I have my database up and I'm, I've just been kind of mentally scrolling through it that I don't really pay for running backs.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like I know. That,
0: that, That's the one thing. Like I'll draft them a ton. I pick them up. I love them. I love them. But the whole idea I'm looking. So Katie and I, here, here's one exception, Katie and I, it's point per carry and we are loaded. Like, honestly, it's a 35 man roster and we have no easy cuts, not one. Like, we're good around. Like, we are going to be there and a problem for the league perpetually. Like, it's, it, I'm not going to say it's over. You're never guaranteed of winning titles, right. but we're going mean, to, we can have three injuries. Pick any three players you want, and we're still a problem. And we traded, and, and so we're in the mode of only add studs via trading. That's it. One or two times a year, we're just going to get a guy that we, if we put him into our lineup and he's healthy, he is going to hurt you. Like that's the, like we traded for uh, Travis Kelsey it's tied in premium uh, I think a year or two ago, so those are the types of things we're looking to do. Yeah. We traded one eleven our first next year and our second next year, so all you know for for dalvin Cook mm-hmm. so we are just pushing chips in and saying, "Come, come at us it is sort of so that is one that I see and it's a very spe- like or well another one with Katie, we trade DeAndre Swift and. A pick. Uh, it's it's a depleted first a few years from now. But for Christian mm-hmm. McCaffrey, so we're very selective about a guy that can literally change your lineup. Like a guy that you sit there, you don't want to play against these guys, right? So it's a very short list. And, and Dalvin Cook again. For as much as I was down on him coming out, and I have seen some flaws and like why I did that. I mean, come on, three cone. Let's 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 get real. Um, that. Uh, but but you know, I watch these games. You know, I watch Vikings every week. I watch every team. But it's like you watch it and like Dalvin Cook, like if you're playing against him, you feel like if he only scores 15, 16, 17, you got really lucky. Because you watch these games, and you're like, Yeah, he could have gone for 180 and two touchdowns. I kind of got like McCaffrey's the same way. Like exactly. and you, a, you feel you're not surprised man. when they go for 25 30 plus. It feels kind of normal when they do that, which kind of scares you. And so those are the types of guys, if you are a luxurious, I'm gonna trade some stuff away. But yeah, I'm looking. I don't make these trades for for high end running backs when they're at high end prices.
1: Yeah, and that's where my evolution has has really locked in because I am only doing that now. Um, I have also looked to pick up, like I said, Zeke. Uh, I won't go. That's on the discount. Like you're getting a two
0: three round discount in in price point from his peak, and it's based off of one. So I don't know. That's a special case. Like you're you're not not going after. Like you're not buying Cam Akers right now. Like see that that would be probably the opposite. And example.
1: Akers, I actually have a lot of him due to you guys' uh, lo- love of him. Do you hold him right now?
0: And let, I work? have sold. All right, let's, let me look up how many times I've sold. Now, go into it knowing that he was my... Tied with uh, AJ Dillon, he was my most drafted player um, mm-hmm. in rookie drafts last year. So I have traded him one, two... Let's see. So I had a bunch of shares. I traded him... Seven times this offseason. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so I still have a bunch. I mean, I probably still have them in what? Half the leagues? 45, 50%. I mean, that's a, a huge exposure rate for for one player. That's not off the waiver wire.
1: I mean I can't believe his value for four for really three games. It's
0: oh it's such a again, I like the player, but when you're telling me, I mean, how the rookie season went and you're gonna vault them all the way up on complete projection on a team that is he going to catch 40 balls? I mean, you got Matt Stafford. I mean, they're going to open up this passing game. I hope it opens up things for Cam Akers, but you also have, so this is the, this is like the JK Dobbins thing. So if Akers is worth X and Daryl Henderson, who's a day two guy that has actually shown something. I mean, I didn't like him when he was a first round valuation, but you're you're saying he's worth 20% of what Akers is. That doesn't, I, it doesn't process to me. And yeah, so I traded, for example, acres, and I, I I pivoted from acres to Barkley. I pivoted from acres to Jacobs plus, acres for Diggs plus, plus, acres for Barkley, acres plus for McCaffrey, acres for Edwards Allaire plus, acres for Diggs. So again, I'm very selective with the guys I'm going after, oh. of like in the next two to three years. This other guy that I'm getting has a much better shot, and if Acres becomes a rising Phoenix, it's not like I have no ownership. But it's like there is risk here. He is yeah. not where Swift is, t- Taylor is, Edwards-Aleary. With how Year One went and what you should project going forward, could he be a Phoenix? Could the Rams be electric on offense? I'm open to all of these things. I'm really excited, but uh, the metric part of me is like this is not a sure thing at all. Like no. some top, even if he's the clear-cut starter. Is it a guarantee? He's like a
1: top six, top eight guy. Absolutely not. Yeah, I think he's over. I think he's overvalued right now. It's valued like running back six or something. It's crazy. He's, yeah, he's going late second, early third.
0: If and it's, if you actually, I should, I should do some Twitter poll after we get off of like. So who who has more running back one seasons going forward? Cam Akers or Zeke? Right. I yeah. bet a lot of people will stay Akers because he's four years younger.
1: I think you mentioned that you did a couple moves with Barkley for him. What are, are you not nervous about Barkley at all?
0: Uh, nervous. I mean, the fact what that, that they said he's not one hundred percent right now. Yeah, he got hurt in season. I mean, yeah. Are we? I not everyone's Adrian Peterson. I, I have, I have no work ethic concerns with Saquon Barkley. Okay. So, and and again, I'm not buying Saquon Barkley for twenty six touches week one. Right. So. Here's what I know. I know if you stack up all the great, superior, lauded athletes at the running back position in the NFL, size, speed, dynamic movement, is Barkley number one? Yeah, I mean, maybe. Yeah, the, the answer is maybe.
1: I don't it, think it, the answer is definitively no. I don't think anyone says I that. that. question selfishly because I've picked up so many shares yeah. of him in the offseason and, and in these safely. Well, McCaffrey's
0: and- the same way. This is the yeah. only crack you... The only reason you get... A discount on a drop your draw player is when something goes wrong. Yeah. I mean, why is Deshaun Watson right now QB 16 or something? It's laughable. I got to make QB 18 in this startup draft. Yeah. 18. So the only reason that it doesn't happen because they added two relevant, you know, McCaffrey going for 30 points per game last year isn't the reason you get a discount this offseason. It's because he no. was hurt. I know. <laughs> so you have to. I look at it this way. There's a small subset of players that you would do this with. Like if like Corlin Sutton got hurt, I don't think there were many shows going go buy Cortland Sutton. Right. Right. <laughs> so, so th- there's a big divide there and it's not saying he's a sucky player. It just means like Barkley McCaffrey. I mean, uh, I'm trying to think of, I mean, two years ago, if you know, Derek Henry's during this big run, if he gets hurt, I mean, there's going to be people that view him like, well, I'm getting a discount. Finally, you know, yeah. I didn't get him in my rookie draft. I'm finally getting a discount. You know, Barkley, you had to have 101. McCaffrey, you had to have a top six picker or so that I you could get him. Yeah, so I just, so that's the part for me is you finally have accessibility to a player for an, a, a more affordable price. So, yeah, you got to take on risk. That's how it works. And I just know with Barkley, if he ends up going down this road of like, you know, he comes back, he re injures himself, and it's one of the... we look back in two years, the what ifs. I'm kind of okay with that. I'm kind of yeah. okay with that as a beat because I know he's a, a guy that if I mean, I just remember him slogging through these teams that suck and we'll see if they still suck, but at yeah. least they have tons of passing game talent that make you think, well, they now they can't just load up on Barkley and I wish they had a different yeah. quarterback, but you know what? If Daniel Jones isn't good this year, they're probably moving on anyway. Yeah. So things are going to change. And I know Barkley is, I mean, running backs don't go one Oh two. There was talk. He was one Oh one. I mean, this guy is unbelievable. So I'm going to, in the land of fantasy where we filter out all the crap, you know, all the, all the players that are in the NFL, a lot of them, we don't even care about. They're not even fantasy relevant. Right. And you're telling me Barkley is potentially the most talented one of everybody. I don't know. Yeah. The only time you're going to get a discount is when he's got a knee issue.
1: Yeah. I have an I, in my inbox, I have a <clears throat> acres uh, trade offered to me, my acres for Barkley and a two. And I'm, um, I'm leaning that direction. Barkley in a two oh, no, uh, acres and a two for Barkley.
0: acres and a two for Barkley. Okay. Yeah. See, those are the, the things that I massage a little bit. Yep, Again, that's- I, I, I'm fine with the deal. Like, but, but like when they start, like you want me to just give picks, like, just cause you asked, like, I don't, that's not my move. That's the, I, I, I need to be very selective in when I'm giving picks. Yep. Um. But, uh. but yeah, so I, that's the type of thing that I would think that you can with how the market is right now. And especially with the latest news, I would think that you can get Barkley plus.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was, because there's
0: the reports that he, you know, I mean, is he going to be ready to go? And you, I, I don't know. I, maybe you see him. in he's the preseason, young, but
1: maybe not. He's still young.
0: Well, he's 24 and people want to rub dirt. I mean, let's say this year, you know, you get part of a quote unquote full season. Let's say he's not like full go until like week four five, six. Let's just say, Isn't Mm -hmm. that a guy that you can't wait to have in your lineup for the stretch? For sure. And then you're going to have him at 25 next year. We're talking about Zeke right now being thrown to the woodshed, but yet he could be a number one running back this year. He's 26. So I don't know. Like this whole concept of your whole roster needs to be built for everybody else and not yourself. Like, I I mean, I don't think your whole team should be older veterans per se, But, like, you know, I mean, so this draft, I mean, I got Michael Thomas, Keenan Allen, for example. I made sure to mix in. Like, I have Brandon Ayuk. I have Jerry Judy. I have Chase Mm -hmm. Claypool. Like, I have younger chances of saying, I got guys and I I feel really comfortable now. But in two, three years, I could see these other guys being, you know, at at a replicable, I'm ready to take a step forward and start over those guys' possibility.
1: Yeah, it seems like you can do a nice optimal uh just blend Start it.: Start up with that strategy, um, yes. utilizing some of those uh, 25-year-old backs that are just undervalued, and for sure those wide receivers that we talked about earlier. Yeah.
0: Are we uh, something I thought about a couple times. Like we have had I don't think we really had topics for this discussion at all. No. so is there something that like you yesterday or the day before you thought about that we haven't talked about it at all? um yeah, i mean you know, you've kind of brought up two or three things along the way that were probably you know yeah. gnawing at you but is there something that we we haven't broached
1: you know i guess uh i i the only thing i was going to broach at one point was i know that you're on mfl a lot everybody likes mfl how, how do you track and do you find it important to keep track of all the trades? you when we just had that conversation a minute ago you were able to tell me your trades that you've made for yeah. uh cam makers sure um You can't, uh, with, with the NFL, uh, setup, it's very hard to go back and track trades. Is it, you mean like previous years? Yeah. So, so for instance, for me, I thirty nineteen. Yeah. if, if you look at the way they list them out, they do keep it back to the previous years, right? You can go back and see your teams from then, but the number, the, there's no identification number for your league that makes any sense. So they don't just change like a number from a six to a five to a seven, right? Right. The whole thing changes in the order it sits on the yeah. screen changes. If I go into one of my current leagues and I hit, uh, I, I can go back one year and see all the trades I've made. Okay. But I can't go any farther back than
0: that. Oh, they started limiting that. See, that's the yeah. thing that I started. That's what happened with me with start rate. Um, you used to be able to, there was a couple years ago when I started tracking start rate that you could go back. Uh, you know, I, I, I ripped like five, six, seven, eight years, um, as sort of like a little off off season project. And then mm-hmm. I, I found out cause some people have asked that like now it seems like it's, is it like, I'm not a, I'm not a computer guy, but is that like a catch, um, issue where they, so they, they're not keeping the historical data to sort of streamline or, uh offload um i would guess the servers or the site in some capacity that now they're not they're keeping less historical i i know you used to be able to go back and see the player stats for your specific league you yep. know it used to be like back a ways and now if you go in there it's like 29 i think it's 2019 2020 and then you're gonna have 2021 and the next year 2019 is gonna
1: be on right so yeah so I'd say that is a little, I mean, I don't know how important it is. I know you try, I like to track and I used to keep a spreadsheet, but now that with so many teams, oh, it's I, got just, you. I, it's I just, not-
0: for, for me, I like the accountability. I, I think for my, for my edification, now I record shows on them. I have, you know, I'll, 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 put them into articles. I'm very transparent because, and that's why I have confidence that UTHers are doing well because I I share what I'm doing and I'm not saying you have to copy everything, but it's about the concepts or or player values involved. And so it's not that you know people don't know probably if I if I had a good year, great year, okay year, whatever, because you've kind of known the the deals I've made. I document at least once or twice a year about the bad trades I've made and what the process is there. But to me it I like the mentality that when I click I don't do it for all startup trades and stuff like that's a little more ambiguous but the straightforward existing league ones i like the fact that when a deal goes through that i i'm going to keep it in my inbox that alert so that i'm going to go and i'm going to spend the you know 20 seconds or whatever to enter it you know what what the league was um i have a couple different columns that kind of categorize it what did i give what did i receive uh any notes and I, i just like and i'll initially grade it you know is it a big win small win usually they're not a loss, like right when I make them. Uh, But then for about 12 months or so, and and it's kind of fun, you know, when the off season starts or, you know, but at some point I stop, I always find it's an interesting question of when you stop evaluating a trade because things are going to change graphically. And I mean, there's just no restrictor plates on, you know, it it could turn three times, but, uh, but, but yeah, so I just like the transparency of, I see it on the list. And no, not every trade you're proud of. Some of them are big wins and (laughs) every once in a while you have some big losses. But I like the fact that, you know, and I highlight the ones that I've already covered on some sort of article or show, but when I get a few of them or interesting ones or whatever, I know that, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to be transparent and share. Um, And, you know, I kind of talk through it on the the VIP chat um, first, you know, like, like right when I make it or whatever, but, uh, but, but yeah, I I like that part that it keeps me accountable both as an analyst, as as a player, where if I'm sending offers, I'm always, you know, even though you're going through it pretty quickly, I'm always in the back of my mind thinking about, all right, so, so, you know, what's your, you better have a really refined uh, process for, for why you're doing this because, you know, you're, you're probably going to have to answer for it, you know, and I'm answering it because I asked it uh, at some point in the future.
1: Yeah. I mean, that, that would probably be my biggest dislike of, of the platform is just, And I I don't know if it's important in the grand scheme of things. Like you said, I used to track them on a spreadsheet and then it just got tedious. And then you now now that you're six years back, it just doesn't really matter who your team was six years ago. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, Um, My
0: trading goes back to, I started in uh, technically 2011, Uh, but I think I went, no, but I went back. The The main thing, I think it was back in like, it might've been like 2016 or so when I really started. It's easy when you just make one trade at a time, but it's the starting it of like, and that's why I tell people, it's like, yeah, maybe you just start this past January. You know, like even if you just start with, it's amazing where you have, oh, I only put in 20 trades. Well, eventually 20 becomes 50, becomes 100. Like you start to see some trends and some samples, but I don't really think it's mandatory. I think it's more of one of those little interesting side projects if that interests you. Um, You know, obviously with the number of trade, angles and stuff that i cover and we're and half the year let's face it i mean from well you have rookie draft time that's probably centric you know a centric month or so where we're pretty much talking about moving around your board but august mm-hmm. through december it's like a real-time thing so like you having a trade database i don't really think for half of that calendar matters because every week we're going to talk about you know angles players you know, who's a flip player, who's a buy, who just got hurt, what should you pay? All this types of stuff that it's gonna we're gonna roll over and be talking about something different next week. So absolutely. So I, I kind of feel like it's very short term and yeah. I, I don't think you need to go back and look at, well, when I trade these running backs for a third, no, we're we're just evaluating it in week six because they're a flip guy and you know, what's the minimum threshold you should take? And it's not super okay. complicated in terms of what's your historical track record doing that?
1: <laughs> and I, if I had to say one other thing that I kind of had on my list to talk about that I think I've reached out to you and and probably for you, you don't want to bring it up because Uh-oh. it'll be like you're fishing for compliments. But kind of the whole point of when I originally reached out to you was just to uh, show, share with some of the viewers and people that listen to this, how valuable following somebody that has a consistent uh, thought process and I think can really elevate your teams to, to what I feel like might have become. Is that and hard to find. Is,
0: it, is someone being is. consistent in their messaging hard to find?
1: I think it is. I, I think, you know, we talked a little bit of like what I call the shiny new choice and their shiny new toy syndrome. And I think that is the prevailing stuff that you find on the internet. You stand with your convictions. Are you always right? No, but are you often right? Yes, for sure. And I think that if anybody took the time to just dive into the 40 teams that I have out there and looked at the rosters, you would not want to play me on a week-to-week basis. And I have very consistently over starting and when I found you in 2015, built my teams on the strategies from yourself. I think uh, Doug Beach was actually your partner. Uh, when I first started listening and, and Katie's tremendous, Tim, tremendous, everybody that you work with tremendous and a very consistent message, I think is brought by all, all of you and you share your trades, which is, you know, to show that you actually do what you say. And I think the the results speak for themselves. So I, I think it, it accumulated in, we kind of started on this a little bit and got sidetracked where <laughs> I was at the point where I sat, um, during COVID season, with such strong rosters, with so much depth that injuries didn't hurt. I mean, and they hurt a lot of people. Right? It was a tough year, um, but I always had somebody else ready to go because I was, you know, four deep at running back, six deep at receiver, and I got to the point where we were at uh, going into Super Bowl weeks. So the prior two I had twenty-four teams, twenty-five teams in that batch. Now, what happened? 21 of them were defeated because uh, boy, it was I think it was Dalvin Cook. It's head-to-head. Head. It's head-to-head. Head. It, was, it was non-UTH week. Let's just say that to some of the players. That, that
0: happens in a one-game year sa- one one game sample. Exactly.
1: It, it does. But the important thing to notate is I tracked it out. Had I got through that week, only one of those teams would have lost in the championship.
0: Yep. You reverse those and you're in so many title so games and maybe you lose lost the other me.
1: ones. And I still won four titles.
0: Yeah. But... It's a portfolio method. See, I I think unless you get into 10, 15 plus leagues... The portfolio method gets a little lost on you because I think people are so singularly focused on their individual, like, oh, well, this team, this league was not a success because I missed the playoffs or I lost in the, in the finals or whatever. But when you start, like you're, you're tracking in a very pragmatic way, probably of here's my total teams. You you already referenced, you know, this is how many made it to the semifinals or this or the, the championship game. And you're going to have bad beats. Like I actually track something off MFL and it's Mm -hmm. again, again, just for fun where I look at the head to head records uh, and I track those on a weekly basis. But then I also, I compare it to all play because Mm -hmm. that's sort of like the schedule luck of, you know, I should be better. And some, some, you know, some weeks it's like, wow, I should have won two and a half more games or some weeks you get lucky. And you're like, wow, I overachieved. But over the course of that many, you know, 30 plus 35 plus leagues and that much of a sampling of, of total games played it 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 evens out. I don't think I've had one season where it's been off by more than like three games or so total across all of my leagues. So, so mm-hmm. you're going to have some teams that overachieve some that under, but if you're in enough leagues, it, it all balances out to some degree. And, but when you get, and I kind of think you get to the playoffs, let's face it, it. I mean, even if you're a monster, what are you a 60, 40 favorite? Yeah. I mean, it's a one game scenario. You mentioned Dalvin cook goes off. That's it. I mean, that really affects your team unless you have someone that goes off for 40 and combats him. So it, or you get that one injury where someone's been cooking along and they exit in the first quarter. I mean, they yep. put up a four, so you didn't even have the opportunity to post a bad game legitimately because they were stifled, you know, where they saw two targets. And so, yeah, I always look at the, I mean, in playoff record, and if you've got a good portfolio of teams, you're still head hunting for like, you know, 55%. I mean, you're kind of like on DFS margins, right. Or, or like sports betting margins of yeah. to beat the house. I mean, above 50% and when you get into the playoffs, that's good. You want to get buys. Mm-hmm. You know, we've talked about that a lot of just can you eliminate games where you potentially could lose? Um, but, but all those things. Yeah. I mean, I think to me it's when you get to the playoffs, you did all you could do to get a buy. Don't get a buy. If it's all play in the playoffs, whatever. But, I mean, I had this one year and I got so torqued. Um, that was back when I played some Yahoo redrafts and you know, it's like a home league. And I remember I was really happy with all my teams. I made it to like 12. I think I made it to 12 semifinals and I like lost nine of them that week. And I lost two of the ones where I actually made it to the finals. And I was like, this is complete crap and BS. And it was really that one call to uh, call the Jesus moment of, man, you've got to stop centering on these individual leagues, individual matchups. And I, I still look back with some of the things I've tracked, and that's the one year where I totally got sideways in terms of you know, what's expected to happen, you know, what's the average result, and that's tremendously below. Um, what. But it reminds you about head-to-head. It reminds you about a singular league, and you can't get too focused on that. So it's, it's really something that I think if you're in two or three leagues, it's hard to get there unless you play in more because yep. you are centered. I mean, you could have, yeah, I mean, I had two teams to make the playoffs, but they both lost in the first round. All right. So yeah, you're sitting in December. You, you, you know, maybe got a little bit of your uh, entry fees back or whatever, but yeah, you had three cracks and you were over three. Well, if you're in 10 leagues, I think it's pretty hard to be a tuned in dynasty owner and you're in 10 leagues and you, you don't have some skin in the game for semis. You didn't make any finals. Like, you are probably you know you always have teams kind of in it and you just keep refocusing your attention as you go
1: yeah i despite the results i feel very good about this and all these teams are good again this year you had a
0: little bit of a bad beat right like what you outlined is hey i have a good team a uh, good process and and i was i was churning along and then you know sim i always call semis uh, semifinal week is like that's the big week to me yeah, because for sure. A lot of times, first pays out really well. Second usually usually plays out, you know, two three x for yeah. leagues. But man, you lose. Like sometimes third place, you get your money back. Sometimes maybe you make a little bit. Fourth place, yep. you get nothing. What what, sure. what is that quote? I think it's from some show <laughs> where they go set a set of steak knives. Yeah. You don't get anything. That's so so, so so if you lose that that third place game, especially if you had a buy, uh, you know, so you're in the semis, you lose as one of the top couple seeds, especially, and you're like, oh. So now you're playing for third, and then if you lose that, you're like, you almost have this feeling of like, why don't I even make the playoffs? <laughs> like, <laughs> I lost twice. I'm out. Double elimination. I couldn't even do that right, and now it's like I don't even have a higher natural draft position because, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm parlayed into this uh this playoff land of I got to be 107 or whatever it is. Yep. oh uh,
1: okay. The only other thing, Chad, I'd point out to to the viewers out there is that. Um, and I appreciate this and always have, is that you have just been tremendous and everybody on your team tremendous with questions. If anyone ever asks you a question, send you an email, the response time is amazing. (laughs) I I mean, it it is. I mean, and you don't get that other places, right? Um, What you offer for your services, the value is, is returned just, I would say, tenfold. If anybody out there is ever thinking about um, joining up for some of the, uh, the manager service and stuff, you get true attention from your team and yourself. And usually, like you say, you don't have an assistant respond, you respond yourself. And, and usually there's a, a reasoning behind the answer to it. it's not just a little yes, no. Um, it's tremendously helpful. Well, I appreciate that. And I don't
0: take compliments well. So that's why I constantly about, interrupt maybe. people that ta- that give compliments yeah, just, okay, with my it. snarky responses. But, uh, but yeah, to me, it's the, and you know, I guess I would just close the conversation by saying, I mean, I, I just don't know any other way to do it personally. Right. Like I am an old soul. I'm 41, but I kind of think like a 60 year old. I'm from the, I know people that are older might uh, smirk at this, but I mean, I grew up in the eighties where I mean, you had local hardware stores, you would like it, it wasn't Amazon didn't exist. It wasn't so impersonal where you knew the checkout person at the grocery store. You knew uh, you know, I need a hammer, you need some nails. You go talk to the guy at the hardware store. You don't order it online and it gets delivered via drone to your door. Like I'm not so this whole idea of advertising and trying to shill people into signing up and trials and oh yeah just uh if you sign up with DraftKings you can get UTH for free like I don't like I don't understand the concept of all this because you're trying to in my opinion trick people and so you want people to sign up so that you have good numbers or like you want to listen to your podcast so that you can barrage them with advertising I don't get the end game of what we're doing here so to me it's start inward, create a quality product that you are proud of, that you would want to consume. That's why I traded, created the trade calculator. is It's something I used for over a year before anyone saw it or knew it existed. So I I feel like you have to create something that you feel is lacking in the marketplace. But the other thing is like ignoring people I don't understand. Having a contact form on your site... And I, I test sites all the time of just like, I'll put my stuff in there it's days if ever someone gets back to me. Like, What is that about? So if you're the whole system of, I want to get as many subscribers as possible. Okay. But then when they're inside, you're going to give them vanilla content where, as you said, there's not a consistent messaging. There's not a consistent strategy or philosophy attached. So it's going to be all over the place. We're going to have some people talking about how Brandon Ayuk is great. Then we're going to have another partition. You can do the same keyword search and there you're going to find two articles about how he's overvalued and horrible what does that help anybody and then they say well you can make up your own mind well then don't sign up you can just make up your own mind without reading all the articles of pros and cons and then the other thing i would say is so you get all these people in and now you're like oh well, we're overwhelmed we get too many too many customer support messages that we have to have someone that doesn't even you know someone that's not invested in this whole process answering said messages if they ever do you're getting some intern to do it because you don't think it's valuable like i think you got to have a quality product if that means seven people signs up, that's that's what it is. You can choose not to do it in the future if it's not worth it to you. But the people you get in the door, it's like... I mean, I've known you by name for a, a while now. I mean, yeah. it feels like years. I, now, can I say how long? No, but I know you're one of the guys. Like You've been around for quite a span of time. And that's... Can I reference exactly what we've discussed? I know I would be willing to bet if they did some sort of refined search of our emails... We've probably emailed back and forth or private messaged or something at least what, 50 times, 100
1: times? Oh, 200, 300. 200.
0: Okay. I, I'm just underselling. I, but okay. my point is, I generally know people's names. And I may not know exactly where you live. You know, I may not know that you're a Sagittarius and you have brown hair. And, <laughs> I like, am a Sagittarius. How funny. <laughs> I, I may not know these specific details. But the point is, if I see Mike, you know, with your last name in my email, like I know who you are. Oh, this is one of you know. This is one of the guys, yeah. and and if you're someone new, and that's why, like, if I see a message from someone I don't know, I'm like, oh, I wonder if they're a subscriber. You know, are they contacting me from Football Guys or whatever it is? Because I've got this core group that, yeah, I hear from you from time to time, and everyone's always very nice. Of like, you know, I I don't I don't want to take up too much of your time, and they everyone's very cautious. No one's ever abused the whole like open platform of emailing me yeah.
1: and just you know, you, if you got a question, you can ask. Um, yeah, it, it's interesting, Chad, because sometimes I'll even be, you just need that second oh, person. That's, that's half of the messages. Or or Whatever like,
0: I answer, the, the person says, I was kind of thinking that way, but thank you know, thanks for clarifying yeah. it. And you provided a couple of little bullet points on why you know you would do it, or it makes a lot of sense where, trust me, I've been there. You, you, even managing my own teams or drafting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I bounce questions off of Katie and Jordan and Tim and stuff. And just to get a second perspective of like, you know, and going back to the ownership thing of you get two people in a room, all of a sudden, whatever discrepancies or real time mistakes you, you might make the other person doesn't let you do it. Yeah. They're gonna be like, no, 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 no. We can't. And, and what I love in a draft is what you'll do is if they, if if someone wants to go off the reservation and make a pick, you'd be like, okay, it, it just, it feels a little, I don't think we have to do it right here. So what you always do is go, let's do this. Let's <laughs> trade down. And if they're still there, we'll take them or, Let's take this other guy. And if they're still there next round, we'll take him. And it yeah. resolves everything because sometimes they make it and you feel much better about it. And
1: other times they're gone and you're kind of half relieved. <laughs> so, and it helps when the, other people, the, the people you're talking to are also passionate about, this, about what you're doing. Well, that's the biggest so thing. when you it? ask a question, you're not made to feel like, a, like an idiot. Like, why would you ask that okay. question? Because you well, probably face the same thing yourself.
0: Well, see, and this is the other part. Like, I think at other sites, they don't care. They they legitimately don't care. But when you, I, I I mean yes, I I filter through the email you send. Yeah, I read it pretty quickly. I get the gist of it. If I have to ask a follow up question, I do that. But like I've seen thousands. It helps me. Like I see the more trades I see, the more scenarios of different formats, different environments of what you're thinking strategy wise. It helps me. I might not be in exactly that type of league.
1: That's funny because you actually that one time when I was like, I hope I'm not bugging you with these questions. And you say, no, no, I actually, you know, I use the data.
0: Oh, yeah. Like, because, and I'll reference it, you know, sometimes just nebulously on another another conversation with somebody else. Be like, oh, yeah, someone just, uh, you know, referenced a similar type of thing. You know, we were talking shallow rosters and, you know, talking about consolidating in this way or whatever. And so it helps me help them. And it's not that they're in your league or anything. It's just, there's a parallel of a philosophy or strategy. And so it all goes in here. It it really is like market research. And I feel like if you don't take advantage of that as a producer of content, I mean, I I, like some people, I think it's hilarious that they sit there and they're like, yeah, we started a dynasty show. Why I say, congratulations. Um, You've done 19 shows. Uh, You started in February. You do it once per week. Trust me, I was there. That's how I started. I got it. You do it once a week for 30 45 minutes. I, I totally got it. But like I'm at the point now with the number of conversations I have, the number of leagues I do, the number of trades or whatever I'm thinking about and, and trades I see people I help, honestly, I can record 5 shows a day.
1: I bet you could, yeah. And,
0: and and so this whole idea that some people are like stretching to come up with concept like ideas for a show to fill 45 minutes once per week in season Is relatively laughable. Like, I think so. You're either, I think you're kind of wired for it or not. And I get it if you have, I mean, but I was still like thinking like this. I was recording five minute shows in my car on my phone on my way to work because my brain was spinning about a number of things. So you're either, I think you're kind of wired for it or not. And that was having a full time job, doing other side hustles, and also doing dynasty stuff. So I just feel like you, you're kind of built for it or you're not and it's okay if you're not and it's hey, I can like like for example i mean a large part of doug and i we would record but it was like it's the one chance you have i mean yeah katie tim and jordan and i i mean we occasionally have phone calls um, but we at least lock in and we get to talk every week we record a show together you know it, it's a way to catch up kind of like we talked about home weeks
1: so. Yeah, and for sure, your extra content, your paid content, with that is invaluable for people that do this and enjoy it. Like to get to listen to the the strategy um, going into a draft, and then afterwards to actually yeah. break it down and how it happened. Uh, you don't get that anywhere else, nowhere else. Is nowhere. it
0: obvious that it, we record those shows weeks apart? Does it actually sound like I, when no, I pair them
1: no, together? Does not, it not actually you know, sound? Obvious. You you say it all the time, but it's almost it flows from one to the other really okay. really well. All right. um, but it's super interesting. And maybe I'm a, a, a dynasty nerd, but just to the process and the way different people think, yeah. whether they think the way I think or not, it, it just helps me when I'm looking at drafts that I'm in and, and how, you know, there may be something that I heard on that show that I would have ever thought of. And it may, you know, may, may, may make me reach or wait on somebody that I thought in my mind was, you know, more desired or less desired. I think it's the osmosis factor
0: that yeah. uh to me it's uh when i start hearing things like you know a few years ago i started listening to uh what was it um to, it was just like this you know just general like financial it's not some big heavy thing but you know i'm not a big news watcher so what it did is like like every day for a few minutes or a few times a week i listened to a show that kind of keeps me plugged into what's going on oh you know airfares are becoming cheaper or you know such and such and it, you never know, but it's like an osmosis thing about oh yeah, you know people are doing this with auto insurance or whatever, and so. Uh, but I feel like you know even if you only do one startup draft a year, then like all that osmosis of living vicariously through others and those stories, as you mentioned, for a couple hours, you can hear the pre-draft, post-draft uh, story of a draft that it just gets in your subconscious. It helps you. It gets it gives you reps that it's hard to get those, you know, or if you don't make many trades, hearing about a lot of trades. Gets you comfortable, it gets you those reps. So I get those reps yeah. from subscribers and listeners, hundreds and hundreds, which is very helpful. Um, you know, obviously you can search trades, you make your own, you see some in your leagues, but nothing of the sample size if you can live vicariously that I think yeah. a lot of people are are missing out. Because I think I think one concept that other analysts do is they <laughs> it feels like they they get certain feedback, but what I would say is they It's this weird thing of they pretend like they're in their own universe, but they really take in a lot of additional information and kind of regurgitate it with who's hot, who's not, what's a storyline, as opposed to thinking, where do I align with said storyline? That's why I always say like right after the NFL draft, I go in a bubble for 24, 48 hours because I don't want to let any of that stuff in. Like once, yeah. I, once I release my opening podcast, my opening foray to what the draft plan is, uh, take in some ADP, but only after I've, I've finished the big board and all this kind of stuff, then I, I go out into the, into the wild and sort of observe what's happening. What are people shooting at <laughs> Like in, and seeing how that aligns? Because if you start doing that early, then it's going to incorporate your thoughts. And I, I just don't think it's a good thing.
1: Yeah, the your your big board is 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 a, a very valuable tool. Also I will say that it's interesting kind of watching that as you're watching a draft unfold, especially a, a rookie draft, and you're kind of going, huh? Yeah. I'm looking at Chad's board and I see this guy at number six. And we're in at two, you know, two five, two, six right now. And <laughs> I'm sitting at two eight going, please let me get <laughs> yeah. let that guy sit at my spot. But you know, it's 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 just a reference that's nice to have with somebody that you know does the work.
0: Yeah. I th- I, I, my, my one last thing would be that I, I think that fantasy dynasty, I, I'm a little bit of an observer of, I'm not super deep into Twitter and things like that. But when I see stuff of, there's not a lot of stability, right? I mean, yes, you have just to give one example. I mean, like Matthew Berry has been at ESPN for quote unquote forever, you know, mm-hmm. like, so he is synonymous with say that platform, but so many people shift where it's like oh well I was here and now I'm going to be you know assistant general manager of, of production team X over here and then I'm going to go off I'm going to do my own thing oh I'm going to get with three of my friends we're going to start a new site okay that didn't work now I'm going to now I'm a free agent now I'm going to go moonlight and then write articles for sports illustrated now I'm going to go off and you know be part of uh, the athletic now I'm going to go do this like whether it's sports you know sports writing if you will sports analysis or fantasy dynasty I see so many nomadic. It's, it's almost like what we've been talking about a lot with the shiny objects, of just there's no stability. And I feel like the investment factor in no, this, like I'm making the gravity of my decisions right now. Like when I joined Football Guys, it was a massive decision for me because I knew I'm in it for the long haul. I'm getting married. I'm not just like having a weekend or a month long fling. And so when I started UTH, I know. Many people probably wouldn't think about it back in I think it was 2014 when I did it. Uh, that sounds right. Um, but I don't feel like everybody else would make the have the same gravity to that situation of well, starting the website. I was like, all right, so that's to me this is a life changing decision. Not from a like all of a sudden I'm going to buy an island and you know like have five Lamborghinis or none of that stuff. I just meant from a I'm going to be thinking about it every day. My, I'm going to be putting out content almost every day in some capacity. This is going to become a part of like my uh, my circulation, you know, for for my blood flow. It's just going to be something I think about, and it offers a platform to put out something whenever I want. Where, you know, no offense to football guys, and I love all the things about it, but the one thing when you work at a site, you can't do is go. I want to record a five minute show and I want to put it out at ten minutes from now. You can't do that. <laughs> Try to find a site that will let you do that because I, I haven't heard of one yet. And so, I had I wanted that platform. Whenever I wanted to say something, I wanted to put it out uh, with no restrictor plates at all. On kind yeah, And those
1: are some of your best your best posts.
0: Yeah, um, but but so so starting the site was a major life decision, and it was one that I was committing to. I mean, does that mean at the time did I know that anyone was going to sign up? Could it be a full time thing? I didn't. I knew none of this but I just knew that it was going to be something that I went full on and let's see where it goes, but not something that six months later or two years later, I was likely to stop, um, you know, just based on that. And I just, I I just find it interesting that everyone wants to advertise their stuff. They want clicks, they want uh, listens and it's like, but is it, is it very good? Like I would rather have the opposite. And I, I think I do have the opposite problem where I don't, I don't do advertising. I don't think there's a ton of people that go, "Oh yeah, yeah." I, I told everybody about UTH, and uh, they're going to sign up, and like, you know, really want to spread the word. I, I people just don't do that, and I you, don't give away free content because doesn't advertise manscape. <laughs> right? Free free content to me is generally worth what you pay. That's my feeling because there's no there's no lever if because if everyone can get it if if some 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 hot player is on ESPN and told to be it's going to move ADP everyone's going to technically be able to access it and read it or whatever so where's the value if everyone has the same information where's the value or everyone has the same analysis or same yep. you know pivots according to the market so mm-hmm. i just, i just don't get that like why would i you know why would i want more people into the funnel that truly like it's not a it's a weird sort of thing it's not that i no one ever asked for a refund it's pretty rare but it's the interesting part that i know it's a leap of faith technically for a lot of people where it's like okay i have to sign up well can i listen to you know 10 of your your premium shows for free no i mean if you specifically ask you know i'll send you a link for one you know if you want to hear one but um I'm, this is not—it's some weird thing where it's like I don't feel like I should have to pitch myself. I mean, sign up if it's not for you. You know, give me some feedback on what you don't like, and you know, we can move on. That's all fine. But
1: and you have a free show every week anyway. Then that's well, that's. Can, can you
0: say? Can you say one thing? So most people, I haven't heard anybody yet that is like, yeah, I don't listen to the weekly show, but I listen to all your premium stuff. So can you? What's the difference for you between? The weekly show versus the the premium shows in terms of if you were to put it into two buckets and say here's the biggest yep. difference what is it?
1: Yep. Oh, I was so I would say that your weekly show is uh, generally focused on uh, what what's going on currently that week and 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 maybe something that because you typically you're doing with Katie right now, yep. so you'll talk about some of your current teams, your current trades, uh, who's hurt, who's not hurt. Versus the premium content and the stuff they put out every day is much more, uh, we'll dive into specifics. You'll get here's the trades that I've done this week. Here's my thought process behind those trades, which may be even more important than just the trades. Um, You'll focus on uh, for Debbie people, Debbie, or for a startup, you have these, all these different ones like, you know, like you and I are having this conversation today, or if uh, you did your pre show and your uh, draft on, and you have so many different formats that it covers – I don't think you miss anything that people do. And there's uh, – for people that like, especially Debbie and any of the uh, more intricate things, you cover that probably better than anybody I've heard. I personally don't play Debbie, but I know a lot do. And but between you and Katie, I don't know if there's anybody better. Okay. At, 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 and, and, and I think that that would be inval- invaluable for people because – um, just the advice and, and, and uh, how you can uh, put up, like you were just talking about, uh, put up a, a quick five-minute thought process on, because everybody's reacting to news, right? Somebody gets hurt. Somebody's off for the season. Some trade goes down. And if you search the internet, you're going to see the boilerplate stuff put up by the teams. But you're going to dive into it and, and give some thoughts. How does this impact my fantasy value? What should I do? Go make these sixteen offers, you know, stuff like that, stuff that you can't get anywhere else.
0: Okay, yeah, I, I think you hit it. Which is a, a weekly show is, I mean, I guess that's the one advertising I technically do. Is that it can, anyone can get it whenever you want? And yeah, it is. It is more of where are we today? Uh, it's more general stuff, is what I would say. Not that we never dive into specific players or concepts or or things like that, but uh, but yeah, the granular okay, now let's get it under the hood of your team's management, waiver wire, trading, drafting, the, the pinnacles, the, the the pinnacle skills that you're doing or thinking about for much or all of the year. Um, th- and the actual, like you said, the true, in my opinion, the true transparency, like on the weekly show, you don't hear me, um, mention five trades that I've made regarding can makers, you know, like we did on the show or, um, uh, you know, or just you know, here's the owner ownership rates I have, and um, you know, here's exactly what you should be doing with your last five roster spots. Like we don't do that, um, which again I think is quote unquote the good stuff. And like I always think of it as if I was a UTH all in super fan subscriber, wh- like I would, I I want slash I would, I would kind of expect that that I am getting the best stuff. So. What does Chad, me, uh, the general community? What do they deem the good stuff? So that's for me. That's for anyone that's going to be inside the circle. And then the everybody stuff needs to be, you know, a lot more general. Uh, it's informative. It's not that it's not valuable or a good listen, but there needs to be a separation there of 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 what is truly the most action oriented. Um, difference-making information, and that needs to be paywall-oriented. And I know there's plenty of sites and people that think the opposite—that you know, give everything away, give everything away, and at the last minute, ask somebody to sign up. Well, what am I signing up for if you just gave me everything?
1: Yeah, and I think action-oriented is a very good description. The waste your time. <laughs> I mean, it, I I really believe that it can separate the fair teams to the to the exceptional teams. Especially with the roster building that goes into that, and the you know the off-season strategies, it, it's it's there's a lot about, there's a lot in, in it a lot.
0: Okay, the self-scouting thing that I, it, I, it may maybe to me it feels subtle, but maybe to others it's not so subtle. Is that this I'm starting to think a lot more about the the concepts and ideas that I used to cover, and you look I look back at my inventory of shows or or articles or whatever, and it's like oh man, it's been uh, five months since I've had a startup show or series of articles, or it's been, it's been two months since I've actively talked about uh, trading tactics and player targets. And it's like, no, these are cornerstone things. And so I'm starting like the last five months, I've talked about trading more than probably the last three years combined because I realized I got some feedback. I do, you know, UTH, uh, UTH, uh, what is it? Surveys at the end of, not every year, but, but every other year or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, but, but yeah, one of the common things was, you know, we're all in, in leagues and you're not always doing startup drafts. I used to cover startup drafts in the off season, a ton, way more than this year. And I realized, cause you know what? Trading and rookie drafting are, and in the waiver wire, those are the three things that are in every league. They're a part of every league. And that's what people are thinking about every day. You can make trades. So, Fantastic.
1: But yeah. The trade's huge because you, you you're right. Over, you can't overcover it is what I've learned. You cannot over cover everybody trading. Everybody that's doing this gets trade offers. Yep. And and it, in the back of everybody's mind is they're afraid to click that accept because they don't want to make a mistake. Yep. And when you hear others that are getting similar stuff and kind of giving you your feedback, it's, it's it, it, it makes it a lot easier to, to just hit that accept. And even here, hey, I admit I made a bad trade here. I made a bad trade here. Everybody's going to make a bad trade. You can't live your life from others. Yeah. Yeah. If someone else makes a tragic
0: trade and you learn from it, that's the equivalent of you making that trade, but you never made it and had the repercussions. hundred percent. Awesome. Um, well, I, what's funny, there was no intro to the show. It wasn't even a show. I'm still kind of wrapping my head around like the way we're talking. Should this go out to the world? Should it go out just to subscribers? Like I'm, I'm very confused, and it's one of those where uh, the missus asked me, how long is the show going to be? I was like, "Yeah, about an hour. And here we are, long yeah. removed from an hour, just because it's a fun conversation. And that's, yeah. I think yeah. that's kind of a, a nice microcosm of the whole thing, right? Which is...
1: I, my thought was, I didn't know how you were going to use it, and I didn't really care. I just it... Was... I don't know.
0: I still don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But, but I just think, it, again, it's two guys that are passionate about Dynasty. We yeah. have a bunch of teams. And what's funny is, I don't know if one time... Well, uh, you referenced a couple like in passing, but out of two plus hours, what about five minutes max was specifically about teams, right? Yeah. Or something like that at most. And yet we're in a combined, you know, 80 leagues or something like that. So I, I just find it interesting that, and that was, that was the most mind blowing thing when, when we were on the UTH tour a couple of years ago, and we were traveling around, we did these meetups and meet yeah. with people in person. Let's have lunch. Let's, uh, you know, we're yeah. going to have a get together, anyone that can make it, let's do it. And Uh, the funny part is half of those not talking about football a lot. It was interesting. So you, so you have this deep rooted, I've been listening to Chad on hundreds of shows uh, for years or whatever. And you could sit there one, you know, a couple of people came in with lists of like questions or like their roster that they wanted to show me. And that's awesome too. But it was amazing. The number of people where I just go into their town, like in Minneapolis. And it's like, so we're just talking about, you know, we're just talking about their area. I'm finding out about them and, but it has nothing to do with football. And yet you, you like connected over the years, many, many times, many hours of podcasting through football. And yet you sit there in person, face to face, and you don't talk about football. <laughs> I find it fascinating.
1: Yeah, that's interesting.
0: But like, but today we talked a lot about football, but it wasn't specifically about, you know, it was more conceptual. And to me, those yeah. are the best ones. But what I love now is now it's even deeper because we've, I think we've talked before, right? Like you were on, uh, at least a draft show at some point, right?
1: Uh, no, we, I was supposed to be and then I couldn't make
0: it. Oh, okay. But but yeah. the point is, what I love now is we've we've elevated, Mike. We yeah. are like we we are like going up the stairs of <laughs> of this pyramid. Where okay, we've emailed a bunch. We, yep. We've we've had conversations. Now we've actually had a, a two hour phone call. So yeah. so That's we're fair. already to the point of like. I mean, we're two steps away. You be careful. We might co-own a league. It's not going to be a master's. It, it's yeah. not going to be a so master's it, it, league. I can it, it, promise you that. Fun,
1: but. It's funny, Chad, because I, when I sent you the email, I, I, I really enjoyed the show you did with, like, I think I told you did with the other guy with all the teams because that's something you don't hear about a lot, right? And I was like, there's first, somebody else. First
0: world problems.
1: Right? There's, there's other people out there like me. And then I said, you know, one of I never think is is you very rarely talk about yourself and what you do. How it impacts the people that purchase your product, and I said, you know, I know that it's helped me, and I don't really ever hear that come out.
0: Well, because I don't, I don't fixate on that. I don't the but, testimonial thing. I have some on the site or whatever, but they're yeah, yeah, yeah. they're, they're
1: from years ago. I just I don't know. I don't. But I think it a conversation where it was part of it, but not the focus.
0: You did a really good job. You held it yeah. in the holster for about two hours, where you're like, oh, I'm not, oh it, you know, I'm well, not going to let feel, the show go without I saying it. Sure but. How
1: you edit these, and I figured you figure out if you wanted to put it on if you didn't want to put it on I don't care either way you know how I thought about um, how you handle your business which I think is fantastic.
0: I uh, the funny part about the, some of these calls like I've had them before where I just it's not that I forget but these like I think some people would say yes to this only because it produces a show. Right, and they're like, "Well, this is valuable for me and my brand, and it's a, a product and something I'm putting out there." But honestly, I've had plenty of these where it's not recorded, yeah, at all, and that's fine. And we, the, the our conversation, I would guess, would have gone ninety five percent the same if if yeah. it was not being recorded. Yeah. Like, there's it no, was... there's no uh, record that this ever existed. Right, it's just two guys talking. Because honestly, I mean, let's face it, probably you in your regular life. Whatever that yep. incorporates, you know, socially, work-wise, family-wise, myself too. Like, I don't want to give this impression. Like, I go around at the the local tennis club, and like, I go to the store, and like, I'm just talking fantasy with lots of people. No, it's like it's centric to phone calls and recordings with other people, right. texts, emails. Because let's face it, we're in a very specified little ecosystem that it's not like in Wichita or Orlando, or you know, you just can't find these giant meetups. To get no, together and form relationships
1: very, with it's locals. Small, it's a small community. And the nice thing is in what in, in my professional career, I do have time where I do some driving and where I'm sitting in an office I, and just time to listen to podcasts. And it's nice. It gives you, you know, you just get that kind of hookup with others that think alike and have the same passion for a, a, what I would call a hobby, basically. God,
0: God bless podcasts, right? Because yeah. I remember when they were first coming around and I was just like, I used to listen to sports talk radio and it used to drive me nuts because you know they would go on and on and there's no fast forward button. And then it would be, you know, ads for what 30 percent of the hour, you know, at least would be would be advertisements. And I I get all that. But like when podcasting came around, it's like, oh, I can listen to just the topic. Yeah. You know, even if I still have there's plenty of fluff in there and I would rather them be talking about something else, it's still just about a, a topic. And now it's exploded years later to I mean, almost every single topic you can think of has some sort of podcasting niche. They do. Um, but, which is awesome because now you basically, anytime you want it, you have a custom radio channel on your phone with less advertising, even the ones that have a lot, it's way less than radio. Of like, you know, if you want to listen to just generalized dynasty content then I mean, you'd be a truck driver and not run out of shows. I mean, yeah, for sure. so that, that's the part that, that as a listener fascinated me. And I was like, you know, back then I wasn't happy with what I was receiving. So I was like, eh, I'll I'll start one. Let's see how this goes and try to be part of the solution. Um, but, but yeah, so I really enjoy the connectivity of just talking fantasy and dynasty with those that are, you know, in, in a similar ilk of they think about it you know it's just it's part of their consciousness like you're later today you're going to think about something fantasy related you know that oh, yeah, it's just sure. going to pop up with something you see news related maybe you get an offer in your inbox whatever um that you're you're spinning about and i don't think you know, the casual redraft players, they might go four months out of the year and not think about football once. Oh. So
1: well, and you can tell because you go to the casual redraft players and they show up at the draft and they got some magazine with a few things scratched yeah, off. Isn't that the best?
0: You know, yeah. I started I started doing the opposite. I used to go to these expert drafts in like New York City and stuff, and I would bring, you know, everyone brings their laptop and it's like super complicated. One of the years I like ran the draft dominator from football guys and you know, while it was going on, and I've completely flipped it on its head the last couple times i've done those i show up i don't even bring my computer because i'm slogging it around you know in a backpack in the city that's not convenient either i literally just bring a pen and a piece of paper that i jotted down about 30 names and what round i think they'll go and that's yeah. it and honestly i what we said before like i, I think that's a, a bigger intimidator than having this giant two monitor system and algorithms running is that you show up with one piece of paper
1: it's almost not fair if, if people that do d- dynasty and then play redraft. I mean, it's, it's not fair, <laughs> but
0: <laughs> is it? Uh, when's the last time you've listened to like true redraft stuff? Do you, do you like, I don't know certain show. Never, never. Okay. Cause I think it's funny. Cause I used to remember it, that they would talk about someone being a pickup and you're, and you always smirk as a dynasty owner because they've been owned for a year and a half. <laughs>
1: yeah i mean if you are interested in that content um football guys has i i get their daily email that's oh, yeah. all the verbs that's all you need
0: yeah we, we talk about that on the the football Guys show that just yeah the the, the email update of making sure you don't miss something Yeah. that that what what went through between you know when i last checked and you get that one uh dump and summary every single day for about it's and, and a half, and, 10 10 months really- a year 10 and a half months a year yeah
1: yeah, there's real very little edge when it comes to anything right now because of all the internet content. For even read you can have people on your draft that have never paid attention the entire year. They can and they can get a fairly accurate read by going to ESPN in the morning and printing up the, you know, the the rankings.
0: Okay, I got to ask you one more thing. So this is this is my self-serving question that I I used to close every uh, UTH meetup with one person with 50 people whatever. I used to I used to close uh, or at least get this information. So I know everything's roses, butterflies, and rainbows and unicorns. Everything's great. Uh, You're a super fan. Um, You listen to a lot of my content and it's been highly beneficial. But what is some selfish and uh, specific thing that, man, if I could coach Chad, if I could get him to... Change something, improve something, customize it more for me, um, hmm. make it more valuable, more important to what I do or my teams and how I consume content. What would yep. be that, that thing?
1: Um, the, the only, I guess the only thing I really think of I when mean, you've actually improved this drastically is make the calculator a little more flexible to more s- scenarios. Okay. Um, and I know it's hard. One, right? No, I don't know. One example. Well, uh, like I think, and I, maybe I'm just generic to this, but I, I, I do a lot of the master's leagues. I don't know if your followers are in a lot of those. It's not very much specific to those shorter roster teams. I gotcha. You know, so no, that's, a little, that's a good point. A little bit of your content sometimes focused. And I think you had a, a specific show on that to too the shorter rosters, like, it, like what's your strategy? Cause a lot FNPC, of your strategy right. stuff that you put out there is based on, you know, 28 man teams. Yep. Like what adjustment should I make for a 20 man roster?
0: Very good. No, that yeah. that's very important. And, and honestly, that's one where I don't play in many of those. Yeah. So it's in, not in my radius and a lot of ones people are joining. And you mentioned a couple of platforms uh, that obviously that's bread and butter. That is bread and butter of people blending redraft and dynasty together to some capacity, you know, within that league. So, um, yeah, that's a that's a really good one. Um, What I would say, uh, just my answer, if you were emailing that, would Mm -hmm. be honestly, I would use the FFPC setting.
1: Yeah. So Um, yeah, because I was going to say because that's
0: that's set to be as shallow or shallower than what you play, and then you just sort of I, I would just do a mental. Mental adjustment, if a tight you just
1: added that right recent in in the last not too far along. FFPC. Yeah,
0: no, it's been around for a while. I recently added. Uh, I think the FFPC Superflex is what I added. Oh, okay. Uh, in the last maybe six months. Yeah, but, maybe
1: um, yeah, because the FFPC is pretty similar.
0: Yeah, yeah, but but that's built on pretty shallow, and yeah, I have started playing FFPC, so I'm more familiar. Um, some of those safe leagues are relatively small. When I
1: dove get, into two of them last year, and I. Don't think I'll go back this year to the, the rules are so different in the timelines. It, and once you yeah. start multiple leagues and then you start getting different deadlines for everything, it gets really complicated to manage.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's why I always have you know some co-owner situations to yeah, yeah, help me out and guide me through on you know one until we get to the season. And I know they run double waivers um, that you can't like first come first serve. I believe in FFPC, so there's some some things that are like you said. If you're learning a new platform, yep. then it's sort of a am I going to go deeper into this to make it worthwhile? Like mm-hmm, you know, you said you found masters and now you you know yep. it inside and out. So
1: yeah, and and now I just I'm on autopilot on those and I won't right. do any more of those, but. But I, I liked, I did the. I did a couple of those football guys, $350 deals last year. And then I found myself missing deadlines all the time. And it was a little frustrating yeah. because I'm, I missed the pickup again. Or they froze the roster on me a couple of times and I couldn't get a yeah. hurt player out. And I'm like, how can I not do that? Yeah. Um, I would,
0: so yeah, going back to what you said about the, you know, just, there's more people and so just to generalize it beyond what you said exactly which is there's more people that play in shallower leagues than you are probably recognizing acknowledging yeah. through the vehicle of your yeah. coverage yeah, would maybe. be e- even though i know they exist and even though i do play in it you're you're correct i normally go and that probably is one generalization that i typically don't generalize like that but like I usually reference the you know, 25 to 28-man roster of the middle ground, right? Yeah. We'll talk about some deep stuff and whatever, but generally don't go towards the shallow. And it really is a whole different animal uh, of, of managing your teams and the concepts that you wouldn't utilize with 10 more roster spots. Yes. So I think that's a really good uh, a really good point. And honestly, it's something that, uh, as I jot it down now, um, it, it's something that um, I've started to make a, a Rolodex of things that I need to regularly cover. Now for some things that could be once a year for other things, it could be once every two or three months, you know, at, once or twice before the NFL draft once or twice during the summer. Uh, but like that, you know, just literally writing, you know, shallow rosters and, and having it either a strategy series, having, even if it's just four or five things between podcasting and articles of, of saying, let's focus on this. And no, it's not going to apply. There's going to be people that only play deep leagues and they're not going to listen or, or read it. And that's okay. But uh, but there's concepts in there that kind of apply to everybody. But um, but yeah, so that that would be the thing of just having those little checkmark reminders. And once a month, you got to look at all these things and be like, okay, so when did we last cover this? And uh, if the answer gotta, is not recently, of- yeah. you got to hit it that week. So. Yeah.
1: Yep, that, that really is it. I think you cover or well. You know what? You know what
0: the, you know what the <laughs> sneaky thing is here, though. The sneaky thing is I uh, I use Mike as a secret correspondent. <laughs> Of like, all right, all right. So he's probably keeping track. He's like, he hasn't talked about shallow leagues in uh, four and a half months. Like he, he's probably got like a little alert on on his phone. So it's so that would be the thing. I'll just reach out and be like, Mike, what do I? I need to cover something here. Like what? What have I not covered in the last six months with a shallow league? And be like, well, what about this question about this and this? And then boom, there's a series. So secret correspondence enabled. <laughs>
1: if i think about this stuff i'll i'll up up shallow put into our email chain
0: <laughs> there it is the the relationship continues here um <laughs> well i thoroughly enjoyed the conversation mike and um again these are things that uh, i think people are are sometimes surprised that i say yes but again they're valuable to me uh, because right. it's not subscriber number 76243 um For sure. that i think it, it is the case a lot of places like if 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 you just randomly said, you know, have you been a short-term or long-term subscriber, you know, or have you received customer support messages from this person? Not a lot of sites would get it right. And I think it's I think you need to just and I know I'm talking to an audience that it's not like everyone out there is running a fantasy site, but it applies to other things. I mean, just man, you you treat people like people and you actually value somebody to create a long-term relationship. And your hope is not to get them to sign up and then just forget to unsubscribe to some recurring charge. I mean, and then you're hoping to get more people because people are leaving in droves. Like retention rate you know, like like if, if someone was around for three or four years and then they dropped off and it's not like, you know, I lost my job. I just need to save some money. I don't really have time for fantasy anymore. These are non-personal reasons. But if someone says, yeah, you know, I feel like your content's dropped off and, you know, I've emailed you a few times and you haven't got back to me and I'm just not going to subscribe, you know, that I just, it's different if it's like, you know, I just don't have time to listen to your shows anymore. Or I don't really play mm-hmm. in leagues that much. I mean, that's a non-personal, like, yeah, I get it. You know, I mean, you shouldn't, honestly, you shouldn't subscribe. Um, But, but those that are like, yeah, I just don't think you're doing a good job. Like that should kind of hurt your soul a little bit. It's like, what am I doing that? You know, I I feel like I'm trying to improve and, 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 and supply what I I deem is valuable. And I might be a little off in that, but I get a lot of feedback. But, um, but I think if you have just that, if people think of that general smaller subset of, of man, like, instead of trying to get a million uh, a million listens or getting you know fifty thousand Twitter followers or any of these superficial things, how about you get to the end game of like people that are truly into the work you do and if you put out a show that like you you mentioned before you'll listen to startup drafts where it's like oh yeah or like Debbie, you say oh I don't play Debbie. but if someone still will listen to uh, your opinion and, and a show that is a, about a topic, not really in the little circle yep. of stuff that they actually do. that That's like a huge, a huge uh, shot in the arm that they're just consuming, you know, your it's,
1: analysis it's of the situation interesting because those players are going to make their way up there eventually. Right.
0: Yeah. So for people that, again, even if you don't play in super flex, I mean, consider it like, you know, deep one quarterback, right? I mean, like this, this, these are relevant, uh, radius players that that could be uh, centric to some of your decisions in the future, even if you don't play in that format, like two tight end or whatever. I know I have like a an unhealthy affliction for that format, but it applies for streamer land. You know, when you get into one tight end in season type stuff of injury away guys or whatever. And no, I'm never going to start a two tight end, you know, tight end roundup because, because <laughs> I, I, I know that wouldn't be super popular and it probably would be a waste of my time. I might as well just record talking at the wall or, you know, pointing up at the sky, uh, the same number of people would listen. Um, but, but yeah, I just think more people need to work on the relationship part and it's like, uh, it's kind of like our portfolios. I mean, you started out with way less than 40 leagues and it evolves over time. But it becomes something and i think you know people want this instant gratification of listens advertising signups um all of this and become the next greatest beacon of light in the fantasy space when it's like i don't know how about you get a few people that listen to you that like you and then next week you try to have a few more than that because you're doing a good job yeah for sure why don't you write this article so that it matters to somebody and then The next time you write, you try to have it be impactful for for people as well. And don't just wish wash and go, Yeah, I'm presenting the whole thing. I mean, most of the time, I usually have a takeaway. You know, if it's like, Here's what you should be buying or selling for, Uh, here's what, you know, some strategy point that is applicable as opposed to just like, Here's a profile of a player. Do with it what you will.
1: Have fun. That's a good point because a lot of the other people out there are so wishy washy with their opinions that, well, pick who you want. That doesn't, it's not what they're looking for when you're, when you're, when you're on somebody else's show, you're there because you want an opinion. Exactly.
0: And I I think more people, I mean, it is kind of sticky and you don't want to go, I think all the way to like the attention grabbing salacious, you know, some of the stuff you see on sports talk, whether that's, you know, an opinion based show on TV uh, and, you know, there's some shock jock type stuff going on. I don't think that's the extreme we're talking about, but there's a difference between having a take. And like you said, you got to be open to being right and wrong. And really it's about the, I talk about it, you know, in the trading universe all the time. It's like, how about you just compare how many big hits and massive win trades versus the massive losses? You know, that's a high variance outcome there. And then, you know, the little ones, you know, marginal wins, marginal losses. Yeah. But, but if you win a lot more big trades than you lose, there you go. And you got to be okay. We all remember the losses. I get all that, but
1: Well, you certainly have learned to evolve cuz you when I first started listening it was it was wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. Right? Well, that and was it- in
0: 2015. Things were different. Yep.
1: Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying, but you didn't yeah. you, you realized, you know, what was made more sense and you pivoted and
0: yep. And the more analysis I do, the more risky these young guys who haven't been there done that and it's probably just me uh, getting a little more mature as well. Of like, you know what? I'm I'm even in March. I, I remember what it's like to set a lineup. I remember what it's like to have a guy getting eight, nine, ten targets a week, and uh, that's a lot better than trying to start some uh, whippersnapper like a uh, Brian Edwards of just like a dart throw of like, yeah, right. you know, uh, that's all I got. Cause I don't actually have good wide receivers. I have right. developing wide receivers that uh, maybe someday all of them combined turned into one good player. Right. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Great job. Yeah. Great job. But that roster sure looks good in March. All right. Uh,
1: Great conversation. Um, I have to get to work. Um, me too. Yes. Yeah. To-
0: <laughs> get to work. All right. Yeah. We I, didn't yeah, plan really- on, we didn't plan on the Titanic late yes. of uh think was but yeah Mike I appreciate the the kind words um as always and uh don't be a stranger I'm sure you won't be and uh, again I think this conversation was informative to uh everybody listening but talk about a casual we had zero structure I remember we emailed back and forth it was like what is this show going to be about or this conversation and you were like I don't know you know, just talking about uth the journey I'm in a bunch of leagues it really stopped at that um I believe and I, I got on the call with you and we just that's what happens. You just start talking and we could talk all day. So uh, thank you so much uh, for the kind words and the feedback is always helpful. Shallow formats enabled. I got that. And uh, until next time, never settle, refuse to be average and keep holding those fantasies.